It's time. Finally, a show for you. A once a week extravaganza, giving you the weekend's movies, the week's cons and entertainment events, what is worth watching on television for the week, the weekly comic book, novel, game, and collectible releases, as well as entertainment news and information. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture. It's Pop Culture Kaboom with your host, Jimmy Jones. Hello, world. Welcome to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. Spencer Stoner is here. Yay! <laughs> Rob Nolte is behind the big board. Hello, hello, hello. And prepared to take your calls. And I, your not-so-humble host of all things Pop Culture Kaboom, Jimmy Jones. Well, I'm here to run my mouth. Tonight, we will give you everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment with the latest news and information from the past me week and some sneak peeks at releases coming out for next week. The Pop Culture Kaboom radio show is also your place on the radio dial for you to talk about your favorite fandoms. That's right. Tonight, we'll be joined by Quizmaster Scott for the Sporkle Pub Quiz with Scott, question of the week. Uh, and one of the prizes you can choose from will be the very first chance ever to win a pair of tickets for KaboomCon 2024 happening at the Carson City Community Center Saturday, September 7th. We'll also be joined by Tony Sanfilippo of Filippo's Horrible Reviews to go over this coming week's movies. And here with us, our guest once again live and in studio, our first in-studio guest of 2024. <gasps> The co-founder and president of Silver State Storytellers, Lyric Burnt, as I stumble over oh, oh, That's me. You made me Bert. nervous. I had to. Oh, <laughs> don't be nervous. No, we're all friends. <laughs> but you're a big star. Oh, I th- thank you. I'm flattered. <laughs> so uh, we're, you're here to this week because uh, you guys are going. Uh, the Silver State Storytellers has an upcoming short film competition called Love Notes. And uh, since you're with us all show long, uh, you, if you have any questions regarding anything that the Silver State Storytellers does in regards to their film competitions, what they do in between the film competitions, etc., etc., how you can donate and everything else, uh, please feel free to give a call. And uh, you're the best person I can think of to ask. <laughs> so. Yes, I'm glad to answer <laughs> any questions. <laughs> so um, main thing is, is that there's some new rules and stipulations this year for Love Notes. Yeah. Oh. So back when I was a competitor, we entered Love Notes and we entered a film that was a romantic zombie movie. <laughs> and the original organizers of the competition got really upset with us. And they, they were like, no horror movies during Valentine's Day. And we, we were like, well, I mean, we had a very romantic relationship in there. It, it was a very loving very sort of story. Touchy. And, you know, the, the guy was turning into a zombie and she shot him because she loved him so much. <laughs> Well, and a worm box no, that's, that's a zombie that's movie. True. Exactly. Loves, you know. Yeah. I, I just, a, I just a wrote a blog about you know all the all the various uh, horror movies that actually qualify as romance, mm-hmm. uh, and and that that one was on there. Warm bodies for sure. Uh, so I remember th- that one. This year, we're uh, now that we're in charge, we're inviting all creativity to come to the table, and we are doing away with that dumb rule. Because <laughs> technically, Dracula, his, uh, his yeah. story is a love mm-hmm. story. The, the, the oh, tagline yeah, to that movie is like the the love, love never that, dies. Uh, yeah. yeah, love never dies, and <laughs> like I've traveled oceans of time to find <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, so in a we, dinghy. We, 
We want to see the, the opera. <laughs> whatever type of genre film you want to bring to the table, we are totally open to. As long as there is a love story in there and you hit all three of the prompts, uh-huh. the sound effect, the line of dialogue, and the prop. Okay. Yep. So science yeah, fiction. There's a lot of science learn. fiction ones, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we've been posting on our, our Facebook page that we, we want to see love that transcends galaxies. <laughs> wow. That's a good tagline right Thanks. there. So, I, but I guess uh, what was that one movie? Um, oh man, I'll think of it in a year. Uh, Event Horizon. I guess that's yeah. technically not a love movie. Though. Uh, no, <laughs> that's, a, that's a haunted house movie on a ship. Yeah, <laughs> a haunted house movie. In space. Maybe if you count like, the guy being in love with galaxies, but there's no love story. <laughs> he loved that ship. He did. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think the ship. Okay, loved that would him be back. like that. Then you could just hey, claim Christine as a love story. Oh yeah, <laughs> actually, I, actually, yeah, that that is that is debatable on that one. Now you're on the right track. <laughs> Event horizon that was a very one-sided relationship <laughs> very true well no people express love in different ways so do ships but <laughs> absolutely uh which is why you know we we want to see those different uh stories this year so um uh, the competition opens up on the 24th or is that when they it actually starts it, it- it starts on the 24th. So, so, meaning uh, that's when we, they get their email and saying, these it, are your prompts. Exactly. So this is the yeah, last regi- possible weekend to register if you want to do a film. Absolutely. Yes. The the registration closes at 11.45 a.m. on the 24th. And then we send out the email to our filmmaking teams at noon. Um, <laughs> We have 17 teams registered already. Wow. wow. Which is nice. huge. Uh, no, well, I think Car- Carson Creepy yeah, beat yeah. the record. Carson Creepy yeah. had, we had 19. Like, 19. Well, I mean, yeah. is this a record it, for Love Notes, though? I, I think it is because usually the participation for Love Notes and the summer competitions has been relatively low. Mm-hmm. Um, so already we Maybe due to the past restrictions. Oh, oh maybe. <laughs> I mean, I. After they put that restriction on, I, as a filmmaker, stopped making films for the love notes and just waited for Carson Creepy. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to a few of our competitors at Carson Creepy this year, and they said the same thing. The reason that they don't make films for the other competitions is because there's restrictions on them. Mm -hmm. And... Mm. So I want to lift well, those restrictions and, well, yeah, and see and, what sort of creativity good. comes to the table. Good, yeah. good, good. And, and for making a five to nine minute movie, there's there's plenty of restrictions there already. So yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, your your restrictions are the the prompts, you know. I agree. Well, and and the prompts are how we ensure that somebody didn't make a movie a year ago right. and they're just submitting. You know, we we really want people to. Enter the race as it is, <laughs> you know, and get to that finish line at the end of the I two weeks. Such a, I just had this crazy <laughs> idea for doing a comedy where you're like, you're actually putting everything in there that you want to, or that's those three prompts, but mm. for the line of dialogue, just overdubbing it <laughs> just for the hell of it. <laughs> just to make, did they do this last year? What was that? <laughs> well, I remember uh, for the Carson Creepy that the, they had the, they edited it so that, um, there was one movie that where they edited it. It was the microwave one with the with the coffee with the cup. Co- co- oh yeah, yeah, where, bad where, coffee. Where, yeah, <laughs> bad coffee. Where they uh, where they in post put like a tramp stamp on the uh, on, on the plumber 
and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and had a track. It was, it was, you know, stuff like that would be really, this was really funny. <laughs> funny stuff. So to add your thoughts, comments, talk about your favorite fandoms, or speak with tonight's guest, call 775-515-4141. If you're too shy for the phones, you can uh, send a DM through the Facebook page. And if you don't have time to comment during the show but still would like to comment, you can reach us 24-7 by sending an email with your questions, comments, or concerns. Those are three very important things to remember. Send your emails to popcultureboom at gmail.com and follow these simple but very important instructions in the subject line. Put question, comment, or concern, or my fandom. In the body of the email, please add your first name. No last name is necessary, and I will not read emails on the air, so definitely have to have a name in there somewhere. Yeah, I don't care we don't if it's your real name. Show. I don't care. Uh, also, include the city, and because how am I going to know? You know, right. unless it's, unless it's like Mark Matthews at gmail.com and you put like, my name is Clyde. Um, <laughs> I'm going to figure it out that that's not your real name. But other than that, you know, you know, I don't care if you put a fake name. Also include just nothing that when I read it on the air, like, a, you know, like a Bart Simpson's call into Moe's or anything like that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> nothing like that. Anyway, uh, so also include the city and state or the city and country that you live in. Then fire away with what's on your mind. I respond to each and every email. If you have a specific question for Spencer or Rob, I will forward them the email. Oh, I went a little early with that. And uh, for them to respond back to you, bear in mind, emails are read on the air unless you specify for them not to be or you can't follow those really simple instructions. So I only got really one that I could read this week, and <laughs> it's kind of lengthy, actually. So oh. uh, it's from Chris in Sparks, Nevada. Hey, guys, Hello, I saw Godzilla Minus One for the fourth time, and each time I question wow. a number of things. I think moviegoers should boycott movies if Godzilla Minus One isn't nominated and wins Academy Awards not f for not only the director, but the cast members as well. I also strongly feel that Hollywood better take heed of what this film has accomplished, who it went, ab who it went, ab who it went about it. Okay. I think you meant how. It may be too late for the 2024 crop of movies to be influenced by the feedback from people who have seen the film, liked it, how it was, is and is becoming a cinematic masterpiece. It is the best monster movie of all time. That's debatable, but it well, is yeah. a really good movie. But it is really good. It, it is one of the first Godzilla movie that made me care about the plucky humans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For some monster movie I've ever the seen, the only thing is, is that it, gave a crap. it's not going to be eligible for Academy Awards because it's an international film. Well, well yeah, so, yeah, like I think that would be like film. the only, yeah. yeah, that would be like the only one it was eligible for would be a foreign Fourth film. film. Mm -hmm. uh, well, better win that then. Uh, or uh, if the films in 2025 aren't on par with what I saw, I will never go to the theater to watch a movie again, and I wish others would do the same to send the message to Hollywood that we want good stories and not just mindless explosions and fight scenes. Thanks for listening to my rant, and I enjoy the show. I thought Jimmy was just a negative person. No, now, I, now I think now I think when it comes to movies, he's just ahead of the curve. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, older, the older you get, the more you sympathize with Jimmy's tastes. <laughs> I tell you. Um, I don't know. I think he's right. I mean, it was a good movie. It actually had a decent story, and yeah. uh, so you can and you know, the first time in a long time, yeah, especially whatever. the type of genre. That Godzilla is. I mean, he wouldn't. It's not something you would expect to have like that kind of a story. So yeah, whatever the Japanese equivalent of the Academy Awards is, I, I hope it cleans house. 
You didn't know if they even have anything that's an equivalent of the. Well, why not? I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure that they have some. You know, not maybe not as big of a deal because you know the British have the BAFTAs, Mm -hmm. and you know, so I'm sure there's some Japanese equivalent that we just are not personally maybe aware Asian, of. Maybe in Asian, like, to co- yeah. incorporate, like, India movies, too, or something. Thai, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so we'll see, but... But uh, I don't know. I'm not too familiar with that market. Yeah, it, it, I'm more familiar with Me the neither. European market and yeah. American market. Yeah, I'm drawing blanks on that one and myself. I, and like, I don't know oh, if yeah. it'll even get uh, acknowledged for the Academy Awards for foreign films. Yeah, because, because yeah. they, they the, tend to be more hoity-toity. Yeah, yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. It tends to be, you know, like a, a German film about two lesbians on the beach yeah. in, in, wow. the, in the yeah. Victorian era. Or two gay yeah. was eating yeah. the Victorian era. Yeah. I hate the Victorian era. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it seems like Hollywood just keeps making these movies about, like, Victorian era. Mm-hmm. lesbians wow. and it's like a, a, every woman in in victorian age according to hollywood was a lesbian okay <laughs> that's B- bill maher recently did a bit about it on real time and he really? showed all the movie yeah. posters that had come out that year for movies yeah. about like victorian era lesbian yeah south park <laughs> made a joke about that similar about that as well yeah. wow. see i just don't like anything for people always overly romanticize the uh, victorian era and it's like i just yeah. keep thinking it's the grossest yeah. era. i have personal Indeed. hygiene i don't understand it's, yeah no seriously it was it was the grossest era. Yeah. exactly yeah. Like, I have, do your homework people like yeah. it's gross it, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like that, that era could not have smelled good yeah. Oh, no, not at all. Not in any degree. Everybody no. dying from lead paint. <laughs> you know, being maimed from the factories. Yeah. <laughs> I have no arms. No, anyway. uh, so upcoming stuff. This Thursday, a brand new Facebook live presentation, Dreamwell Comics Shop Chatter with Robert and Jimmy. Thursday, January 25th at 8 p.m. Pacific Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Time, Robert and I will be just talking Dreamwell Comics, the comic book industry, what's hot, what's not, current speculation, and your comments. All right, now at Dreamwell Comics is a comment box for you to submit a question or a comment. And during the uh, January 25th Shop Chatter with Robert and Jimmy, we will randomly select up to five submitted comments or questions and read them live during the um, Facebook Live. I was thinking of a word, a way to phrase that, but there isn't. Uh, then for those from those five, by the end of the show, one will be selected to receive a Dreamwell Comics gift certificate. So give Dreamwell Comics a like or a follow on the Facebook. Put in your comic book, comic book industry or comic book shop question or comment at Dreamwell Comics and enjoy some fun with Robert and I from Dreamwell Comics Shop Chatter with Robert and Jimmy. Thursday, January 25th, 2024 at 8 p.m. Pacific Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Time as a face special Facebook Live presentation. I don't think it's some. I don't know yet if it's going to be something we're going to be doing a lot or not. But so it'll be the first one. So we'll find out. Well, th- those guys over at Dreamroll Comics are great. I, I love that shop. And yeah, they're good people there. Yeah. yeah. You should tune in. Uh, I will. <laughs> Thursday, yeah. Yeah. Drop a line. Hey, I've got a question. Uh, uh, there are now only 230 days until Carson City, Nevada's first ever pop culture and comic book convention, Kaboom Con. 97 and Now Productions will be putting on Kaboom Con Saturday, September 7th, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. You can follow Kaboom Con on Facebook to keep up with details on all the vendors. Sign up for the art contest and also the cosplay contest. 
keep up with all the activity announcements and panels that will be taking place throughout the day. And, of course, the special guest announcements for KaboomCon. A limited number of pre-sale tickets are on sale now through eventbrite.com. And a portion of the proceeds from KaboomCon will go to Cold Nose Rescue and Sanctuary in Mount House and KNVC 95.1 FM Community Radio. Oh, I'm sorry. Radio. <laughs> <laughs> yes, those right. rolled R's are very important. Yes, they are. Yes especially with Ruffles. <laughs> so the big story this week, uh, the Game Developers Conference, or the GDC, has released its 2024 State of the Game Industry Survey, and it is a grim report coming from those who took it. The biggest reports coming back from the survey focus on the fact that the industry has pushed massive layoffs, some of which appear to have been unnecessary, and the growing concerns over the use of AI in gaming. Other topics include switching game engines, accessibility measures, social media, and RTO policies. I have no idea what that means. One-third of developers, 35%, in case you didn't know what one-third meant, uh, said they've uh, been impacted by layoffs either by having some layoffs take place within their team or company or by being laid off themselves. Quality assurance developers appear to have been hit the hardest, with 22% of them saying they were laid off this year, compared to 7% of all developers. Business and financial professionals reported the least layoffs, 2%. Over half of the respondees, 56%, oh, that is over half, 56%, expressed some level of concern that their company could see layoffs in the next 12 months. While one-third said they, I'm surprised they didn't put a percentage in there again, one-third said they weren't all that at all concerned. Uh, when asked to share their thoughts on the rise of layoffs in the game industry, many developers cited post-pandemic course correction, studio conglomeration, and economic uncertainty as possible explanations, and some expressed a desire for uniz- unionization to better protect workers. As a clarifying note, the State of the Games Industry Survey was conducted in October 2023 And as such, these survey results predate the latest wave of industry-wide layoffs and take place at the end of 2023, and that took place, I should say, at the end and the beginning of 2024. When it comes to how generative AI will impact the game industry as a whole, game makers appear to be mixed. Those working in the business, marketing, and programming were more likely to see the technology would have a positive impact, while those in narrative, visual arts, and quality assurance were more likely to say the impact would be negative. Even though many developers seem to be uncertain about the industry impact of generative AI, they are quite certain about the ethical impact. A large majority, 84% of the developers indicated, indicated they were somewhat or were very concerned about the ethics of using generative AI. What does that even mean? Ethics. Uh, uh, well, because uh, a lot of the, the in data- games. Yeah. Well, a lot of the databases that AI art comes from are, uh, are, are is art from the internet that mm-hmm. was that was posted on the internet, but it's been gathered into this database without the artist's permission. Oh, that like, kind of those kind of ethics. Yes. I, I was just thinking, yeah, like Atomic um, Hearts, and I'm like, what kind of yeah, like one of my favorite one of my favorite comic book artists. Uh, uh, J. Scott Campbell, uh, he had an example where he had a, 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 a Halloween uh, pinup drawing that he did years ago, uh, but then, and then somebody released one uh, released one that was that was AI drawn uh, this year, and the only thing that really changed was the color from from his original drawing. Well, there you go, Sue. 
And plus, it was uh, did he get permission to draw Michael Myers? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. So if he didn't get, so that's kind of a little tricky situation, isn't it? He didn't, ethically, he didn't have the, he didn't get permission to do a Michael Myers. Oh no, 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 no! Halloween just for the holiday. It was a witch pinup. Oh, you didn't say that. You but, said Halloween, so I yeah, well, yeah. I meant, I, meant the, I meant the holiday, not the, okay. not the movie. <laughs> oh, okay, that's all. That's completely different. No, but but even then, you know, you can draw. You know whatever characters, you, whatever characters you want, as long as you're not looking for commercial gain, it's fine. It's, it's what's referred to as fan art, and even professional artists can do fan art as long as they aren't doing it and, and saying, "Hey, pay me for drawing this." You know, but they are <laughs> not not in this particular case. But case. Uh, but uh, the AI just takes the art and uses it as a database and still comes out with twenty seven fingers on one hand. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Why can't they do I, like I, I feel like it's going to get better, though. Oh, and, it is. And, and it honestly, already, already Pandora's has, box yeah. is open. It's not oh, going yeah. away. And I feel like we need to learn how to use it. It is a tool. Yeah. We, we do yeah. need to figure out those ethics for sure. But I yeah. I don't see it going away. Especially yeah. in the realm of video making. It's not going to go away. Yeah, yeah, in video, especially in video games with the, with the, with the digital technology to, for the art. That well, would and, speed and, things and up so movies, much. Too, yeah. So movies are going to be impacted as well. So I, I, I've been using it for my own marketing. <gasps> well, marketing's different. Yeah. But anyway, all right. So that music means it is time for us to take our first hard break of the show. When we get back, it'll be time for our trivia question, and you can win yourself a pair of tickets for KaboomCon 2024 and yeah. or a gift certificate from Dream World Comics. So don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show right after this. Scott, and joining us right now is Quizmaster Scott. How are you, sir? Doing good. How are you? I was dead air there for a second. I was like, <laughs> oh no. Uh, just kind of keeping track of the game that's going on while I'm talk- doing the radio show. <laughs> are you even paying, nice. a- are you paying attention? I'm not paying attention, though. Oh. No. no. Falcons aren't in I it. Don't I don't- really hey, the Falcons, Falcons might get a Bill Belichick, huh? Uh-huh, great. <laughs> he sounds so excited. I know, doesn't he? <laughs> totally excited about that. All right. Uh, so to participate in the Sporkle Pub Quiz with Scott, first off, anyone can participate. Pub- Quizmaster Scott will ask you a multiple-choice question and provide you a list of possible answers to call in. You dial 775-515-4141 with the correct answer, and you win, and you get to your choice of a prize. Guess the wrong answer, and we hang up on you, but quickly call back in before one, someone else and guess again and again and again. Each wrong answer will be re- removed until we have a winner with the correct answer Cheater. Yeah. Cheater. Well, I'm not calling in. No. <laughs> I want to know the answer. But you'll see why I'm saying cheater in a second here. Just peeking over my laptop like that. <laughs> anyway, uh, until uh, each uh, wrong answer is removed, until we have a winner with the correct answer or the show ends, whichever comes first. You can't win unless you call. And you can't call unless you are listening to know what the question and possible answers are. Uh, what you can win tonight, tonight you can win a gift certificate courtesy of Dreamwell Comics in Carson City or 
for the first time anywhere, a pair of tickets to Carson City's first ever pop culture and comic book convention, KaboomCon, happening at the Carson City Community Center Saturday, September 7th. Even if these are something you aren't interested in, either of these make great gifts uh, for those of, for that person in your life that enjoys pop culture stuff. Uh, just something to keep in mind while you're listening. So, Scott, what is the question this week? All right. For today's question, the category is famous movie props. And the question is, which movie prop was the most expensive ever sold? Was it A, Luke Skywalker's lightsaber from Empire Strikes Back? B, James Bond's Austin Martin, D85, which appeared in Goldfinger and Thunderball? C, Roby the Robot Suit from Forbidden Planet? D, Marilyn Monroe's white subway dress from The Seven-Year Itch? Or E, the Maltese Falcon from The Maltese Falcon? And uh, you're wrong. Uh, what do you say? And you're wrong. <laughs> so uh, in the studio, both strike out so far, but I can't let anybody else know what the answer is because then I'd have to take it off the board. Um, and you would have. And sorry, I cheated. Yeah, I, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't realize you were going to ask us. Sorry. <laughs> Someone who doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> anyway, so um, you would be wrong, Eric. That is not correct. So, oh, everybody's guessing the same one, though. <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, so, once again, which movie prop was the most expensive ever sold? Was it A, Luke Skywalker's lightsaber from The Empire Strikes Back? B, James Bond's Austin Martin D85, which appeared in Goldfinger and Thunderball? C, I always say Robbie, not not Roby. Ruby? Robbo? Robbie the Robot, yeah. Robbie the Robot's uh, suit from Forbidden Planet? D, Marilyn Monroe's white subway dress from the seven-year itch, or E, the Maltese Falcon from the movie The Maltese Falcon. If you want to take a stab at it, um, 775-515-4141. And if you guess wrong, that answer will be taken off, so it'll reduce it down to four instead of five until we get the right answer. But again, you can get those tickets to go and see, go to the Kaboom Con or, or a gift certificate for Dreamwell Comics, 775-515-4141. And any news on your front? Uh, any uh, appearances coming up, Scott? Unfortunately not. Well, uh, I'm, I'm still uh, getting together with Sporkle sales team to see if we can get a venue. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, if and when you do, be sure to put it on the Facebook, and I will put it in the Pop Culture Boom news feed. Oh, most definitely. All yeah, right, I'll tell so, you, this is he's got some good questions. I mean, I don't usually I usually do a lot better at trivia than I have been. <laughs> I apparently suck at trivia because I don't think I've gotten one right yet. So anyway, <laughs> all right, Scott, thank you very much, sir. No problem. Have a good night. All right, later. All right, so let's talk a little bit. So, what exactly is Love Notes lyric? <laughs> Love Notes is an annual short film competition that is part of Silver State Storytellers Carson City Shorts program. We ask filmmakers to make a short five to nine minute film based on three prompts that we give them, a line of dialogue, a prop, and a sound effect. 
this year we're lifting the rules and saying that we are welcoming love stories from any genre. <laughs> so, so that, but it has to be a love story. Yeah, we we would like to see you know some sort of not romance a, not a hint <laughs> of love story, <laughs> right. but an actual but, uh, love story. Yeah, but we are open to you know alternative love stories uh, like bad romances. Uh, I, I just did a blog post about this, like Fatal mm. Attraction, Basic Instinct. They, these are the types of films right. that we, <laughs> wow. we we would still right. consider romance. Right. Uh, but you know they're they're romantic thrillers. Yeah, yeah not all, not all romances have happy endings. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're not a filmmaker but you would like to see the films, we are doing the screening and awards ceremony at Brewery Arts Center on February 17th at 7 o'clock p.m., and you can find out more information at nvstorytellers.org. All right, thanks for bringing me to the punch there because I just had it up here. So, uh, (laughs) Bad Romance, uh, Toxic Love Stories and Fatal Attractions. Uh, dive into the dark side of love with our love with our cre- curated list of bad romance films exploring twisted relationships and toxic passions unveil cinematic tales that redefine love's boundaries or bloody embrace horror's sultry as brown chicken brown cow just love stories <laughs> as, the, as the team at his silver state storytellers prepares to dive into the enchanting world of love stories with our upcoming love notes short film competition i thought it would be fun to explore the unconventional allure of darkly romantic horror films back when it was a competitor in these uh when, back when i was a competitor in these uh competitions our team was scorned for read more <laughs> Read more. There we go. I love the scrolling oh, sound effect. Our team, was, our team was scolded for submitting a horror romance to the Love Notes short film competition. I'm here to prove that love knows no boundaries, transcending the traditional realms of rom coms. I hate rom coms. And oh, actually, I, I, I can prove it to you. Name three of the world's most popular rom coms. Pretty Woman. Okay, I have seen that one. Titanic. Uh, no, I have not seen that one. <laughs> is that a rom-com, though? I Actually, no, I have to agree with them because I walked in. I just wanted to see what the whole hype was about uh, Titanic. I was uh, at the theater to see a movie. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm like, eh, screw it. I walked in. Right when the guy was falling off the balcony into the propeller of the yes, ship, uh, I started ever. laughing my head off right in the middle of the aisle. <laughs> So he's technically right. It is a comedy. <laughs> no. I, I do wonder what the most popular ones are. Uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is one that's coming to my I haven't seen that one. When Harry Met Sally. Uh, I haven't yeah. seen that Kind of a uh, classic one. S- Some Like It Hot. If, I if haven't seen classic. that one. Okay, see there. Yeah. I've, uh, out of all those movies, I've only seen one. <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> That tells you how much I dislike those kind of movies. Well, I, I mean, and I feel like opening up the genres this year to alternative romance stories, we're expanding our potential audience base because a lot of people are in the same boat as you. They don't like romance films. They don't like Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. So, but I liked My Bloody Valentine. <laughs> that's on the list. It is? Yeah, that's yeah. number two on, on my yeah. Uh, blog there. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> Yeah. It's funny, on the remake, my sister was able to identify the killer almost immediately just because she was a big fan of the actor and could tell by the way he was walking. Mm-hmm. Oh, fascinating. She was, she was able to... <laughs> she, she basically recognized his butt. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Happy Death Day? Uh, that, that's a, a relatively one recent two. one. Yeah, uh, 
<laughs> I, I, I only included one, one uh, part one on the uh, on the list, but I love both of them so much. And there uh, there apparently is a script for part three out there that they're oh. trying to get greenlit. And huh. I, I'm open to it. I'd love to see where they're going to take it. Wow, I like your list here, though. Thank you. Uh, the Shape of Water. Uh, that was really disturbing. I never actually saw that one because I'm like, okay, this is an abomination. That was, uh, really? <laughs> look, look, look at all the awards that it got. Yeah, yeah. It was actually really good. Thirteen for me. For me. <laughs> um, the Loved Ones never saw that one. Oh, that one's good. Sleepy Hollow I did see, but I did mm-hmm. not. Uh, and Little Shop of Horrors I did mm-hmm. see that one. Uh, Interview with a Vampire I reluctantly saw mm-hmm. that one. <laughs> uh, which version of Little Shop of Horrors? The one with Rick Moranis? Yeah, I, I, I did the musical. Is there yeah, mm-hmm. version? Uh, yeah, there's an older yeah, version yeah, that black was done. Black and white. Oh, yeah, black, yeah, old black and white one. Where Jack that, Nicholson. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jack, that was one of Jack Nicholson's yeah, he first movies. Dentist, yeah. <laughs> and Bride of Chucky. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I, I have Definitely. to include Bride of Chucky. That's one of my favorite <laughs> horror movies of all Hello. time. Yeah, but the point being, that old one did not have a happy ending. No. Um, but it was still a romantic movie. Well, and, and and there is an alternate version oh, for, oh, yeah. the musical, for, for the musical yeah. where, where the, yeah. the, the aliens take over Earth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Ready or Not. I haven't seen that. Oh, oh my gosh. It's man. Great. That is one of the best horror movies to come out in, in recent years. It's I great. love it so much. One we've already discussed, Warm Bodies is on here. Mm-hmm. The Bride of Frankenstein. I can see why that's mm-hmm. on this list. That's Dracula. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. <laughs> uh, Frankenstein? <laughs> the Love Witch. I actually tried to watch that, but I just could not. I just couldn't. <laughs> I I appreciate the fact that it was made in 2016, but it looks so much like um, a, a Hammer film. It did. It like it the, the colors, the set, uh, the yeah. the costuming, and and just the the way that the actress was over dramatic. It, it reminded me so much of, of one of the Hammer films, and, and, that's and, why and, I and the poster looks it. like one as well. Oh, yeah, it does. I, I love Hammer movies. Me too. Oh, then, <laughs> have you seen The Love Witch? No, I have not. Oh, okay, but now you. I want to. Now that I've heard it, it's like a Hammer movie. Yeah, I, I appreciated it for its artistry and how how much of an homage it was to those classic said, Hammer it's films. It's like not Hulu, but the other one, Peacock, Netflix. No, no the cheap version of like Hulu. The cheap version of that Tubi. Yes. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's on Tubi. Oh, cool. So it, Tubi's free. That's why. I no. like or Pluto. Pluto. There's Pluto. <laughs> oh, so, 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 so so it could be on on Pluto or Tubi or not Tubi yeah. or Freeverse. <laughs> oh, the Shakespearean references. Speaking of, <laughs> thanks for the segue. <laughs> uh, I think from this uh, that we can uh, guess that the next season of Sandman on Netflix will include an adaptation of the Sandman story. A Midsummer Night's Dream by Neil Gaiman, uh, Charles Vess, and William Shakespeare, published in Sandman number 19 by DC Comics in 1990. The comic won a fan- World Fantasy Award for short fiction in 1991 and ended up forcing the awards to change their rules to recognize Charles Vess as a co-author of the story because DC Comics is to publish a remastered edition of the comic, recolored by Steve Olaf. For better pr- for modern printing possibilities from his original color guides, and with a new painted cover by Vess instead of the normal Dave Keen McKean version, it follows Shakespeare's appearance in Sandman number thirteen, Men of Good Fortune, okay. in which he is given the gift of the of Im- of the immortality of his writing by Dream in return for writing two plays at Dream's request. This is the first, A Midsummer Night's Dream, a gift by dream to the fairy folk as they depart the mortal realm, but ensuring that they are never forgotten. Interesting. 
I never see. I read a doll's house, but I really didn't get into this this aspect. I'd... Oh, uh, it's it just uh, the Sandman comic book just transcends genres and and how it works because you have you you have that the historical aspect with Shakespeare. Then you can go into almost noir storylines. But yeah, narrower focus. Oh yeah, but it's but it's but it it works almost like an anthology series. I never read the Sandman, so I can't. oh yeah, but <laughs> I would well, highly recommend. I didn't either. And, and and I, I tried watching the te- television show and I haven't gotten past episode three. I watched episode one and I was like, eh, not for me. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I and that's why I'm at episode three because I'm like I'm. Try still trying because it's like so big. I'm like, okay, let me see what. Yeah, it, it is kind of daunting to get into at first, especially with when you see the all the the graphic novels that are there for for, for me. But mm-hmm. Sandman is literally the first non superhero comic I read. Oh, so that's fair. So that, so I have a real soft spot in my heart for it. Mm-hmm. And, and Neil Gaiman is one of my favorite writers, hands down, bar none, genre, whatever genre of. Of uh, of writing that he puts his stories in, and back to the article and sees the premiere of the play watched by a number of those portrayed in it, uh, Titiana, or Oberon, uh, Peas Blossom, and Robin Goodfellow, mm-hmm. known as Puck. Yep, <laughs> I had so much fun with that name in high school. What the puck? <laughs> uh, who ends up taking to the stage and playing them himself? New York Times bestselling author Neil Neil Gaiman. Presents a de- depiction of William Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream as you've never seen it before. In this fictional retelling set in the Sandman universe, Oberon, Titania, and the entourage of fairy characters leave their realm to attend the premiere of the Bard's latest play, A Midsummer Night's Dream. How will they react to Shakespeare's depictions of themselves? And will Titania succeed in tempting Will's son, Hamnet? to join her in the realm of fairies featuring a completely remastered pages from Eisner award-winning colorist Steve Olof's original hand-painted color guides that's why because I didn't like to hand-painted comics back then mm. I just thought they looked really bad mm. Wolverine had a couple like that I was just like Ugh. Anyway. yeah yeah. Dave McKean was big on that uh, Bill Winklewitch, his name is uh, Winkle Winkle. Yeah, but uh, uh, this edition yeah. of Sandman number 19 also includes a foreword by Olaf discussing the remastering process and an all new painted cover by acclaimed fantasy artist Charles Vess. No, thank you. And that means it is time for our next hard break. When we get back, there's still more Pop Culture Boom Radio Show. The uh, trivia question is still out there if you'd like to win yourself. A pair of tickets to KaboomCon 2024 on September 7th of this year, as well as a or as well as or a gift certificate for Dreamwell Comics. And our in-studio guest is Lyric Bert, and he is talking love notes the entire show. So if you have any questions about any of the th- anything for love notes, and we'll be getting into more of what Silver State storytellers will be doing the rest of the year as far as their competition. So we'll be back with more Pop Culture Boom Radio Show right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Our special in-studio guest, first one this year, is Mr. Lyric Burt from he is the co-founder and presidente El Presidente <laughs> of the uh, Silver State Storytellers and uh, this coming week uh, the 24th 
Um, if you have not registered by then, um, too bad. But if you have, then you're one of the lucky ones, and you will be participating in their latest film competition, short film competition, Love Notes. And we're finding out more details about Love Notes. That's uh, so, and what you can do with that. Um, so it's an open genre as long as it is a love story. Yes, we we would like to see a love story. Not a side plot, love story. Uh, uh, Of some sort. An actual love story. Okay. (laughs) So, just so everybody's clear on that. Um, And after this, uh, uh, you guys, uh, you were here on the last time you were on, we were talking about um, the Carson Creepy short film competition. Yes. um, Which was was great, by the way. Thank you very much. We we had a record amount of people participate in that. We had Mm -hmm. 29 teams enter the race and 19. Made, made it to the finish line. <laughs> yeah. I, I noticed that there's about a third of the competitors that drop off and, and don't actually end up completing a film. But, I mean, 19 all-new films, so many films that we had to add an additional screening block to right. our, our lineup. And we did a matinee screening with Block A and then our regularly scheduled mm-hmm. evening block yeah. with 10 more films. And I was actually very pleasantly surprised at the quality of the films, too. There was only one that made me go, what in the world did I just watch? <laughs> and I can guess which one it is. I'm so <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was thoroughly impressed with the quality of films that, oh, yeah. that, that we received. Mm-hmm. The the uh, filmmakers here in the Truckee Meadows have just really stepped up their game. And oh, I, I'm so excited to see our, our film community growing. Mm, now it's going to be love notes. Um, but how many competitions does Silver State Storytellers plan on doing this year? So as part of our Carson City Shorts program, we do three annual competitions a year. We do love notes, a rotating genre summer uh, competition. This year we're gearing up for a sci-fi summer competition. Ooh. We'll have more details on that in the coming months. And then, of course, Carson Creepy in October. We also just partnered with Reno 48-Hour mm. Film challenge and we are taking that under our wing and will be the city producers for that competition that will be happening in early september mm, 48 mm, hours man i thought two hours i thought uh, two weeks was a tight time yeah period. there's also a 24 hour one too yeah there Ooh. there are yeah. uh, it, it, it was interesting to be a uh, a volunteer for the 48 hour film project this year <laughs> and see these teams really scrambling to to make it to the deadline and Ooh. I, I have to say, all but one of them made it to the to the final, and one team got disqualified because Aww. they submitted their film a minute late. Aww. A minute? A minute? Yeah. the 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 forty eight hour film challenge is a a international film competition, so oh. those rules are extremely uh, hard. Mm. Set, set very stone. Strict. Yeah, right. very strict. That, that that's what I was looking for. Uh, but but they they are just set in stone, and um, if you're even a second late. Yes, you better your, make sure you're on the same GMT time as they are. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I feel like Carson City Shorts we're we're really gracious because I've had a few of them you know not meet the noon deadline on the date and I I, I still let them skate in. <laughs> well, as far as I you know I I, I view things. And when you're in it in in something, you kind of view it a little differently. So I look at it as like any kind of like a local type of thing like this is kind mm-hmm. of you're grooming yourself to be able to meet deadlines and stuff so that you can move on to more of a professional career in the film industry. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You, the higher up you get, the less crap they're going to deal with. You know, so you either show yeah. up on time. I mean, 
especially, you know, I, I, I guess the best way to phrase it is, you know, it's Carson City. You, you're not the biggest fish in the smallest fish bowl. <laughs> Just do follow the rules and do everything on time. Yeah, on time. I, I, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, we, we do try to groom the filmmakers um, to actually fill out the forms mm-hmm. that they that they need to fill out like Necessary. location release mm-hmm. cast and crew release forms Permits. exactly uh because once you get beyond just our film competitions here like if you enter the Cordillera International Film Festival they want to see that on vile actually oh, yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of legalities that you have to oh, yeah. <laughs> i mean you, you get beyond the uh, you know oh, i'm just going to go to a local grocery store and guerrilla style filmmaker no that doesn't cut it in the, no in uh, the... but but we are actually making um some great connections with um film nevada and the nevada film office hmm. so that we can show the filmmakers how to actually get the permits to, to film in a grocery store or to, to mm-hmm. close down an intersection in, in Oh, yeah, city. that's a good one. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah but, that'll make you very uh, popular. The, the Nevada Film locals. Office down in Las Vegas will will help uh, local filmmakers secure Las those Vegas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, he, he can't control where they are, That's, that's why we're all behind Jeremy Renner, because he's trying to bring it all up here, too. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <Good. laughs> All right, and and Danette from from the Nevada Film Office, she serves on the board of the Cordillera International Film Festival, mm-hmm. which is held here in Sparks, Nevada, every year. Yeah, it is. So hit her up still. <laughs> as long as that stays here and doesn't go to Vegas too. <laughs> we're 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 gearing up for some friendly competition with Vegas because they have um, the Vegas Forty Eight Hour Film Competition as well. Ooh. So mm. this year we are going to. Um, have our film compete with Vegas in in um, a screening, and we'll be hosting the screening this year here in Reno. Are you talking about like the winning film from yeah the, okay. the, the the winning films from Vegas and the winning films from Reno? We'll we'll do a whole showcase. It'll be like the the North State versus showcase. South. Yeah. <laughs> so is it going to end up being like the the University of Nevada Reno and the University and, and, of yeah. Nevada yeah, Las yeah, Vegas exactly. rivalry yeah, going yeah. on here? Okay. But, but it's a very friendly rival. <laughs> Now you say that (laughs) (laughs) until it actually starts up. (laughs) Well, at least between the city producers, we're 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 pretty cordial with each other. (laughs) Uh, Fair enough. Yeah, the filmmakers. It's like the fans are the ones that are actually all yeah back to back, back to back. (laughs) (laughs) We want the cannon. Yeah, (laughs) I'm all for it. Back in college, I produced two different improv troops. And they they were rivals, and like the student body was completely divided at our university <laughs> over like which troop they supported, and like you were either Shark Bite Improv or Afternoon Delight Improv, and it, it was Afternoon crazy to see it. I was I was like, well, I mean, th- there's an audience for both. I'm just gonna <laughs> what, keep what, producing what? both of their shows. <laughs> what was the first one called again? Shark Bite Improv. Okay, that one doesn't remind me of the song. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, when the shark bites. I was thinking of baby shark. shark. Uh, <laughs> that, my daughter would like you. Would like you that. That was what popped in your head. Uh, unfortunately, that was before the song came no, out. I know, but okay. we uh, we were around when Sharknado Part mm. One. Oh, I love the Sharknado series. We teamed up with our uh, student television station to actually do a riff tracks esque sort of show oh. where Shark by Improv riffed. Sharknado live, yeah, it was great. That's fun stuff. (laughs) That's actually going to any ask Spencer, that's going to or even Rum, that's going to any movie with me. I just start riffing on it. Oh yeah, me too. Oh yeah, the the, the more it annoys him, the more he. 
I, I, and I haven't gone through one movie yet where he's been able where he's been able to keep quiet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. Hey, usually if it's a good movie, I wait. I mean, the, the end of like God. Have you seen Godzilla minus one? I have not. Oh. It's, it's, it's only just recently that I'm starting to see the blog posts and the reviews, and uh, everybody's talking about it. I'm like, okay, I, I got to go see this movie now. Uh, but when it first came out, I thought it was just part of the whole Godzilla versus Kong. Oh yeah, yeah, the legendary series, and, yeah. and I haven't been enjoying those films, so no, I, I just no. thought it was another installment yeah, of that. Yeah, this is from the original Toho yeah, Studios. Right. Yep. Yeah, the, the uh, Japanese version, which uh, they don't they don't mess around with goofy stuff. Good, believe I, it or not. I, well, at least not uh, in this movie. Yeah, I, was gonna say, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, I, when, I've seen some of the seventies Godzilla movies. Yeah, uh, <laughs> see, and I love those. I I, I can get yeah. down with those, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. Just the the. The uh, you said it was the legendary series. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what was Godzilla on, Monsterverse. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. call it the Monsterverse. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. just not a fan. It's just you know all CGI that you can barely see because everything's too dark. Mm. Yeah, that was one of my big compl- my big complaints about the first Godzilla. Well, well that, that, that you only saw his foot for like the first hour. I uh, know. <laughs> I, I was like, why is this movie called Godzilla? I mean, you only saw his foot at an airport. I mean, that was the dumbest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I, no, I you, if you like the old, if you like to, so you like the original Toho Godzilla movies. Absolutely. Uh, you're going to love this movie. Yeah, All right. Yeah, because it's actually very well done. I actually cared about the plucky humans. I, there has not been a Godzilla movie where I cared about the humans until this one. <laughs> yeah, and uh, this is actually done by a, a, a director of The Returner, which is another Japanese movie I'm a very big fan of. Okay. Uh, yeah, you'll enjoy it. Uh, you better catch it though. I'll, I'll, I'll get my I'll get my movie buddies together and we'll, we'll, we'll have be, to do a screening. It'll be one. worth it. All right. Yeah. All right. So, Dark Horse Comics is publishing a prequel comic series to Masters of the Universe Revolution, <gasps> streaming on Netflix as a prequel. Uh, prequels are so. Jimmy's not a prequel guy. I am yeah. not. Uh, it, well, oh, ooh, he man's in trouble. What's going to happen? Oh, I know, because I, I saw the movie. <laughs> well, I, well, I don't know. He could die because in the in the uh, there's different he man. You know? Well, yeah, in the uh, he man revelations, he died several times. He did, but he got better. Yeah, he got better. <laughs> put on a band aid. Uh, this four Just issue mini series is written by Revol- Revolution producers Tim Sheridan, Rob David, and it took three writers to do this. Really, and Ted Basile. Basili, uh, drawn by Daniel HDR. Okay, uh, inked by Keith Champagne, coloring by Brad Simpson, and lettered by and World Design. Okay, must be AI <laughs> and mm, World Design. Could be uh, covers by Dave uh, Wilkins and Taylor Boss. Journey to the earliest days of one of the universe's most consequential and fraught team ups. Hordak is an ambitious general eager to make his mark Skeletor is an aspiring mage hungry for power joining forces melding ancient Eternian magic with advanced horde technology uh, could bring them all their evil hearts desire but they'll have to survive each other first Master of the Universe Revolution number one of four arrives in comic book shops on the 15th of May (sighs) I'll read it I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I love Masters of the Universe, though. I did too when I was a kid, but this latest version is just garbage. Well, it, well, yeah, there are a lot of people who did well, not I, like I, that. Well, let me backtrack. I kind of did what well, I liked Masters of the Universe until they like overly started putting Orko in there, and then I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I cannot stand this character. Oh, we got a we have a color. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> Stop making fun of the Masters of the Universe. Hello, color. Who's this, and where are you calling from? 
Hey, this is Crystal. I'm calling from Urington, Nevada tonight. Hey, Crystal hey, in Urington. Boy, you're traveling. Who do you think you are, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they got the best Mexican food out here at the Chapala Market. Wow. All right. Okay, something to make a trip for. Uh, so what's, yes. what's on your mind? Hi, little birdie told me that I better stop what I'm doing and get a call in for a chance to win some... Tickets to KaboomCon. Okay. Then let me uh, get that pulled up for you here. If I didn't, uh, there it is. Had to find it. So we only got two minutes, so I'll read this real quick, and uh, then we'll see if you can get it. Uh, Which movie prop was the most expensive ever sold? Was it A, Luke Skywalker's lightsaber from The Empire Strikes Back, B, James Bond's Austin Martin D85, which appeared in Goldfinger and Thunderball, or C, Robbie the Robot's suit from Forbidden Planet, D, Marilyn Marilyn Monroe, I almost said Marilyn Manson, Uh, Uh Marilyn Monroe's white subway (laughs) dress from The Seven Year Itch, or E, the Maltese Falcon from the movie The Maltese Falcon. Oh, goodness. I want to say a car, and I really want to say the lightsaber, and I really want to say Marilyn's dress. But you're going to say... I got to pick one. (laughs) And I'm going to say lightsaber because it's the funnest. That is incorrect. Oh, failure. Yeah, but still four more options left. There's four options left, so call back after the break if you want to guess again. Sounds good. Thank uh, you. Uh, you're welcome. And for everybody else, the, uh, oh, we got like about literally one minute. One minute. Only <laughs> one minute. So, but still, call after the break, Crystal. But thank you for calling in. <laughs> so, any, you know, anybody else who uh, are you texting somebody? Why aren't you calling? <laughs> somebody was actually just texting me a question. They, uh, they're listening. Oh, <laughs> they yeah, but, yeah, but, call in. <laughs> yeah, but going back to He-Man, there are a lot of people who did not like Revelations because they felt it was a lot of uh, a bait and switch because they basically killed off He-Man and basically centered uh, the entire story on Tila. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it, but well, uh, yeah, my fiance did not, and he he's a huge, huge Masters of the Universe fan. Yeah, like that 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 is his fandom, and he was miffed about that whole <laughs> yeah, storyline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like the two thousand reboot. That uh, I believe Cartoon Network did, yeah, that, and I, I was I just sad well. that only got one season. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, uh, but then they have Kevin Smith put out this yeah. crap. Yeah, oh, so. yeah, I haven't seen it, so I can't say if it's uh, if I like it. Or I, not, I'm in your so. phone, so it's kind of I, I did not like the, at all. I was like, I enjoyed. Got it. to be <laughs> kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we didn't have to use the dump button. All right, so uh, well, that means that it is time for us to take a hard break. It is the top of the hour. It is 44 degrees and mostly cloudy here in Carson City. And if you're driving out there, please turn on your lights. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> it's dark. Anyway, and we'll be right back with more Pop Culture Boom Radio Show. If you missed any part of the show so far, you can pick it up as on the, as your on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, produced by 97 and Now Productions, it is the Pop Culture Boom Podcast. Available now. So go check it out, and we'll be right back after this. So don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And uh, one answer down, four left for the uh, trivia questions this week. Uh, if you want to hear it one more time. Eric's guessed twice, though, and Eric's gotten both. Uh, so Eric's got three Ooh. more guesses if he wants. 
But anyway, uh, the question is, what movie prop was the most expensive ever sold? Is it B, James Bond's Austin Martin D85, which appeared in Goldfinger and Thunderball C, Robbie yep. the Robot? Yeah, they're called phone call. <laughs> It's probably Crystal again. <laughs> Hello, out. caller. Who's this and where are you calling from? <laughs> it's Crystal in Urington. <laughs> All right, you got five or four uh, um, four answers left. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I know. Uh, B, James <laughs> Bond's Austin Martin D85, which appeared in Goldfinger and Thunderball. C, Robbie the Robot suit from Forbidden Planet. D, Marilyn Monroe's white subway dress from the seven-year itch. Or E, the Maltese Falcon from the movie The Maltese Falcon. And Crystal, drumroll. <laughs> What's your answer? Robbie the Robot. Hey. Forbidden Planet for the win. Yay. And you did win. So you will, what would you like? Would you like a gift certificate for Dreamwell Comics, or would you like the tickets for um, Kaboom, Kaboom Kong. Kong? I believe she wanted Kaboom Kong because that's what she called for. I'm making, her, I'm making her say it. Again. I'm making her say it again. All right, there's some different information that we need to get from you. Um, so uh, Eric, or not Eric. Why did I say Eric? Uh, because uh, he Rob, was trying to guess. Yeah, he did actually. <laughs> he threw it up there. Um, no, Eric Maltese Falcon is incorrect. So, um, but he guessed A. Everybody guessed A. Uh, Rob guessed A. Spencer guessed yeah. A. Sp- Lurk cheated. <laughs> I, I, will, I will say I would have guessed uh, James Bond's gun. If, if, uh, no, that's, that's a car. 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 Oh, it, oh, it was the car. I, th- yeah. I thought but, it was but his the, gun. But the car had guns in it. Oh. <laughs> no, his gun is a P226, I think. Uh, Walter PPK. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, so yeah. the same thing as a P226. Well, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so hold on for me, okay, Crystal, and... I'll pick you up on the okay, other Okay, sounds great. All right, and, and he'll get all of your information. Well, not all of it. We already have most of it. Um, he just needs to get different information. But thank you, Crystal, uh, for participating again. Yeah. So if you were thinking of calling, it's over now. Yeah, you missed your chance. Did yes, you see did. how much it sold for, the, the robot suit? No. $5,375,000. Dang. Yeah. I really uh, wanted to wear that. <laughs> Most expensive Halloween costume ever. Right. <laughs> uh, so, so we talked about He-Man. What about Thundercats? I, I'm a fan. I, ah. I, I enjoy Thundercats. I, I saw that there's going to be a, co- a new comic book coming out soon. Ah, last, oh, is that what you're about to announce? <laughs> last week, before the final order cutoff for comic book store orders for Thundercats number one, Bleeding Cool reported that the comic had gotten orders over 100,000 copies. And they noted that a Rob Liefeld cover was about to drop, which might push it over 150000 Huh. Well, they were wrong. Well, I would think so, because I, I, I personally, I want, to be, I want to be able to see Chitaro with feet. <laughs> well, no, it turns out they got 170000 not 150000 Oh, okay. Um, orders from comic book stores. On his newsletter, writer Declan... Salvi said outside of I'd say All-Star Batman this is the biggest selling book I've ever been attached to and I didn't even draw it it's pretty uh, big news I wish I could take credit but I think it's safe to say the book sold this much because of the works because of the works I think it's words Uh, Thunder and Cats on the cover in any case 
Hell, I'll, I'll take the win. Soon after announcing this last week, Dynamite released some lovely Drew Moss art. There's uh, more pages all over the Internet if you want to see them. Dynamite went from showing no pages to showing a bit too much. If, uh, if I'm to being honest, half of the issue is online now. Be sure to look. Uh, that's uh, not my call. It's uh, clearly selling, though, so... Well, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of nostalgia for for Thundercats. The, the, the show, the show was fun, and and again, the reboot that was out around the same time as the He-Man reboot, I very much enjoyed. And it was sad it only got one season too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna definitely put that out there. That or I'm gonna go back and find that when we first started talking about this comic book, like mm-hmm. a couple mm-hmm. of months ago. And I said that, you know, it's it's from Dynamite, and they start to having all of those, like, 90,000 cover variants yeah. um, that they're saving it all for this comic book. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like. Yeah. No, seriously, uh, Diamond, or uh, it'd be a contest between yeah. the two yeah. of them. Um, yeah, there's, know, there's, like, How one, many covers did uh, Dynamite put out this week? Yeah, wasn't there one that, uh, like, got up to, like, even beyond, like, 27? 37. Yeah, 37. Mm-hmm. 37 oh, cover variants. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that, that they go crazy, but lately they've been like scaling back as they've like been in the like tens, you know, eights or sevens, and I'm like they're saving it all up for this comic book. I bet you. <laughs> so I bet you. Actually, let's do it now. All right. So when Thundercats number one comes out, oh, oh we're guessing now. Yeah, for, we're gonna guess now. When is it coming out? And like what? I don't know if it's if they just did final order cutoff uh, for so January. Like a, like it'll probably come out in April. Oh, okay. Okay. Ooh, so there's enough time mm. for like hype. Um, And we know there's at least two Because they have a a regular cover And one by Liefeld Yeah Mm. I think we should make two guesses One on the conservative side guess And then one on like their normal So so only because High low low. low. Over under (laughs) Eric's throwing out their 21 covers Only because they've been doing that like and they could be on a streak. It could be their new trend now is not to do so many, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. On the high end, I'll go 27. Okay. Low end, I'll go nine. Nine? Nine. Wow. Well, nine cats, okay. nine lives. Figure it's good. Nine. Womp, womp, <laughs> womp, womp. You're not in charge of marketing, I can tell. Uh, <laughs> Rob? Uh, 32. Uh-huh. And 11. 11. Okay. I'm going to say, uh, you're probably, I'm going to say 37. <laughs> and uh, the, for for the high, for the low is going to be a twenty. Oh, so, oh wow! You wow. Okay, <laughs> it should be it's, interesting. It's dynamite. I, yeah. I think I am more realistic than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> you could be. Yes, Larry, you want to try? Uh, I'll be real conservative and say five. <laughs> and for the outrageous, I'll go with thirty-five. Thirty-five. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. You just don't know Dynamite, do you? <laughs> Are they the ones that do Power Rangers? Because I, I read some of the Power Rangers. Oh, no, comics. that was uh, that's no, that's IDW. And, uh, yeah, because uh, they, they, they have a lot of variants as well. Yeah, yeah Dynamite does like uh, Robin Hood, uh, Van Helsing. That's Dynamite, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. No, that's uh, Xenoscope. Oh, mm. Xenoscope. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Eric's going 21 and 7. Dynamite. All right. I feel like a bookie right now. <laughs> well, you kind of are. <laughs> just no money changing hands. <laughs> All right. I'm going to save this for Thundercats yeah. number one. Yeah, this you is just a, nerd you, pride you we're shiny now. Nickel. Right? <laughs> when the Cubs Stanley no prize. <laughs> you, you get the uh, just you get the, the chance to gloat. 
<laughs> to gloat and win a little an ounce of respect. How about that? All right. So, yeah, that's uh, going on. So let's get to the comic books that are coming out this week. Um, if it'll stay up there. Let's try again. There we go. Uh, these are being released on January 24th, at least here. I highlight the number one issues and or major story or anniversary issues that are being released because those are the ones that have the most value interest to collectors and investors. Don't base your buying decisions solely on my opinion. It, after all, is only my opinion. To keep this list to a minimum, I do not include in it trade paperbacks, graphic novels, collections, hardcover, softcover volumes, or reprints. If you are an independent comic book company or creator and you have something coming out, please let me know by sending me an email at Culturekaboom at gmail.com. Put upcoming comics in the subject line and include in the body of the email the publisher's name, the title of the books or book, and when the book or books will be coming out, and the issue number, and I will add it to my future lists. First up from Antarctic Press, Black Hops X Cayman America number one one shot. I have no idea. Exciting okay. comics sketchbook number one one shot from Blood Moon Comics. Eddie, you are what eats you, number one of five, <laughs> with three cover variants. That sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> you are what eats you. I you like are it. what eats you. Uh, Savage Pulp, number one with two cover variants. Comic Book Guys has Revenants Escape from New York, Comic Con, number one, one shot. DC Comics has Titans Beast World Tour, Star City, number one, one shot with three cover variants. Dynamite Entertainment <laughs> has Justice Ducks number one. Justice Ducks. Justice Ducks. Hmm. The most obscure comic book on the planet with a wallet-busting nine cover variants. <laughs> that's impressive for a comic that nobody's heard of. Hell, and what it is, Dynamite. So that's what I'm saying. They're going like five. You, don't, yeah, you, you, you know what? There's going to be like Dynamite. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where everybody thought it was the stupidest idea ever and, and watch there's going to be like a huge franchise and it's going to be a big Justice box Ducks. office. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's going to be like the next Paw Patrol. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Justice Think about Ducks. it. Paw Patrol, yep. Justice Ducks. You and then they'll have the crossover. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. IDW. super pets in there? <laughs> no. No, oh, uh, there's a, oh, yeah. not, not those super pets. Oh, okay, it's a different okay. super Taking pets. Taking a, a quack out of crime. Oh, boy. <laughs> <sighs> IDW Publishing has Star Trek Defiant Annual Number 1 with three cover variants. Image Comics has Ghost Machine Number 1 one-shot with the highest uh, cover variants this week with a bank-busting 13. Cover variants. Mm, wow. Mad Cave Studios has Dear D E R, Dear Editor Number One. D E R, yeah, D E R, like one E or two E's, like D E E D E D E E R. So like, like two E's, like Bambi, yeah. Bambi Editor yes. Number okay. One. Uh, Marvel Comics has Power Pack Into the Storm Number One Three. With three cover well, I haven't heard from the power pack in years. Yeah, you think it's like Menudo. They would have kicked the old people out. Uh, <laughs> Resurrection of Magneto, number one, with a bank wallet busting eight cover variants. See, death in American comics is like man flu. You get over it in six months, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. And apparently you get Benjamin Button disease and you go back to being a child again so you can be in power pack again. Oh, I just read the third Gene Gray series that, <laughs> <laughs> where, where they revived Gene Gray for the third time. <laughs> oh, oh, well, you're behind. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Star Wars, uh, Marvel also has Star Wars Thrawn Alliances, number one, with a wallet busting five cover variants. Massive has Quested Volume 2, number one, with a bank busting 10 cover variants. Massive, oh, I'm sorry, I was wrong about Image. 
Massive Whatnot has the largest uh, cover count this week with Crash Down number one of three with a bank busting 15 cover variants. Mm. Crash Down number one of three. three. Yeah. With 15 cover variants. Uh, Rebellion 2000 AD has Smash number one of three. And Xenoscope Entertainment has Van Helsing Vampire Hunter number one of three with three cover variants. All right. So Crunchyroll has revealed the nominees for the 8th Annual Crunchyroll Anime Awards, the largest dedicated awards program honoring the craft and artistry of Japanese animation, including the creators, musicians, and performers across streaming and theatrical. The Godzilla minus one won't be in this one. Now on the <laughs> Anime Awards website, uh, fans can begin to cast their vote across all categories. Yeah. Crunchyroll has revealed a star-studded lineup of presenters for both the Anime Awards live ceremony and the Anime Awards pre-show, which is back for a second year in Tokyo with an elevated format. During the pre-show, Crunchyroll hosts and global presenters will be re- revealed. What? Ceremony in the Tokyo presenters will oh presenters will reveal a slate of fan favorite awards with more to be announced soon. Anime awards voting is open now through January twenty seventh at eleven fifty nine p.m. Pacific time, and fans are encouraged to vote every day now even even easier with one click revolve revoting to uh, one click revoting. Now that means you can like. Yeah, so you can vote every day. That's why they're telling you. Yeah. Uh, To cheer their favorites uh, into the top spot, the results will be announced at the 2024 Anime Awards live ceremony on Saturday, March 2nd, and through a global fan live stream. Sony Music Solutions, Inc., a subsidiary of Sony Music Entertainment Japan, Inc., will support Crunchyroll in the execution of the Anime Awards. It's it's like a true fan, like, award, because... If you're the true fan, you're going to be voting every single day. You know, yeah, like <laughs> they are. Speaking of awards, if you are not participating in the Love Notes, but you would like to go and check out the Love, Love Notes short Notes. film competition, actually, I had somebody. <laughs> you know, my, my fiance keeps doing that <laughs> every time we're talking about the competition. So your dystopian love story. <laughs> Throwing out the, just doing a, a bad version. And in case anybody's wondering, that is actually the theme song from The Love Boat. I know. <laughs> that he is doing, um, or massacring, or however you want to call it. Uh, but speaking of awards, uh, the screening and award ceremony for Love. Love Notes short film, or wait, screening for the Love Notes short film competition. <laughs> well, the screening and award ceremony will be on February 17th at the Brewery Arts Center in Carson City, Nevada. And uh, tickets are $20 for general admission. And uh, find out more and register your team at nvstoryteller.org. Is that like the tiniest print ever seen on your computer? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he clicked on our cover photo and it, it, it came did, up a little odd on, it did, on his it screen. It large. <laughs> yeah, well, if I had it blown up to where it's supposed to be, there it is. Yeah, there okay. you go. <laughs> it has to share the screen with all my other stuff. So, yeah, it got, gets kind of shrunken down there. Sorry, it was just funny because like, I'd never seen him that close to his computer before. <laughs> I was really trying to read it. Uh, so the award ceremony is going to happen. Um 
And uh, so I take it as a general admission. Um, yes. And uh, no, um, no and, age and restrictions, right? So far, no, is it uh, we, just one showing? It is just one showing so far, but we may face the similar the, the, circumstances. The, a similar circumstance as uh, uh, Carson Creepy. Uh, we, we are talking with our uh, community partners at Brewery Arts Center about um, how to handle this in the future and um, whether or not we're just going to... Con- Say that there's going to be two film blocks, or even possibly turn it into an entire weekend event with mm. multiple screenings. Oh, that'd be mm. awesome! Um, that we'll, be we'll, awesome. we'll see what the future holds and how many uh, competitors register this year. Okay, uh, right now you're up to seventeen. We're up to correct? seventeen, and if if a third of those drop off, I mean that that's only going to be about ten films, right? Uh, <laughs> but still, you had nineteen that actually made it to the finish line for Carson for Creepy Carson last Creepy, year. yeah. So, so, so it's very real possibility, though. Yeah, so. yeah but there, uh, there's, there's a real possibility you could get all of them in. Well, with Absolutely. this music, it means that it is time for us to hit a hard break. When we get back, it'll be movie time with Mister Tony Sanfilippo. So don't go anywhere. Yeah, that hiccup made his name sound <laughs> right. interesting. Right, <laughs> Sanfilippo. <laughs> And welcome back to the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Each week, the film powers that be release dozens of movies, some of which you'll never hear about except here. Yeah. <laughs> after after watching these trailers, that line rings better true, huh? It really does. <laughs> you, would have, you would have never known these things were coming out, would you? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, are carefully picked over from Rotten Tomatoes, and up to five films are selected from genres that I would watch. And those genres are action, adventure, horror, science fiction, anime, or fantasy, and that is pretty much it. With that in mind, we sit through some of the most hideous trailers ever made and read you the synopsis of each film, then give you our not-so-humble opinions. Bear in mind, we are not professional movie critics. Lyric might be a professional movie critic. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just waiting for them to uh, call and give me the gig. <laughs> okay. And uh, we know that Tony, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo's horrible reviews is. You can catch all of Tony Sanfilippo's reviews of concerts, television shows, and movies at Filippo's horrible reviews. And how are you, sir? Oh, man, I'm... I'm doing good, but I was really disappointed to see the dang Chiefs win. I was, <laughs> was going to say that. I'm like, I know you're all upset yeah. about that, uh, the Chiefs oh, moving on. I hate, that. I hate the Chiefs. Hate them, hate them, hate them. <laughs> so you got a prediction for next week against uh, Baltimore? Um, well, you know, apparently the NFL is scripted, and they leaked the script, the script already, and it's uh, supposedly the Ravens and the 49ers uh, based on the color schemes of the – Super Bowl logo, and somebody leaked a newscast that had it uh, advertised. But uh, uh. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it's the Ravens. Um, I definitely I hate both teams, so <laughs> I would go Ravens over Chiefs. But you know, I'm, I'd be all about the NFC this year. It's uh, love that the Lions. Um, I mean, that franchise has never had anything. So I'm, this is. I'm sorry, Tony. Really cool for that. I, I was distracted so. by uh, apparently um, Spencer has an etch a sketch for a phone because he is well, shaking it. Well, uh, if you if, if you accidentally is it big? Do, he's like drawing. Oh well, no! If you, if you accidentally do if you accidentally do something you don't want to do on the phone, if, if on my phone, if you shake it, it'll undo it. Oh, the etch a sketch. Yeah, I, 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 accident, I accidentally uh, I accidentally archived our movie list. So I was undoing that so I could actually, you know, keep the movie list in front of me. Okay. Oh, yeah. gotcha, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought it, it, looked, it looked like he was using an Etch-A-Sketch. I'm like, that was so bizarre to see on a phone. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, but no, I'd be down. Niners or Lions, but I would really like to see the Lions get something. Yeah, I, I would like to see it as the uh, Ravens and the Lions, just because I hate the Chiefs. So I don't want them yeah. to go any further either. <laughs> yeah. And I really don't like the Niners. So yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Ravens. Lions and, and Ravens. Yeah, uh, Lions. I like it. I, I like it. Why not? You heard it here first, people. All right, so here on the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show, we utilize a carefully crafted and patented movie rating system, and it goes as follows. If it is worth seeing in a theater at full price, it is a good, not a great movie. That is to be determined by you if you choose to see it in a theater. If it seems worth it watching as in a theater as a matinee or in your town's cheap theater, it is a so-so. If it seems worth seeing as a streaming service or as a rental or however you choose to watch the film while avoiding social interaction, it is a blah. And if it is determined to be so awful you should wait for it to be on public television, it is considered a touch brown because FCC regulations <laughs> say we can't use profanity. So uh, we only got four movies, which means, Tony, you get to select which one's first. Oh, well, let's just start with a random one here, the seating. In the seating, a hiker lost in the desert takes refuge with a woman living alone and soon, and soon discovers that she might not be there willingly. So what I got out of the trailer was a hiker is stranded, asks for help after his rope is cut, and then an animal carcass or something of that nature is thrown at him. Turns out the lady he is stuck is that he is with is stuck there, and they're being tormented by these kids and teens that are twisted and demented. The team set up, the trailer sets up jump scares, and he screams a lot like, help me, I can hear you. <laughs> Definitely has a hills have eyes with creepy kids vibe. Um, there's not enough to draw for me. My problem with it is it's too claustrophobic type of movie. You know, it just takes place in one set little area for the entire film. Doesn't seem to branch out much. And, you know, kind of gives me that misery vibes. You know, that old Kathy Bates one from uh, the yeah, 90s. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm okay. I'm not going to be watching this one. So touch brown. The street continues. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like a movie title in and of itself. Touch brown. The street continues. The street continues for the third straight week. <laughs> oh, no doubt. I have more questions than the uh, trailer will answer, and it's frustrating to watch a trailer that provides no context. A guy wakes up in a hole in the ground large enough to have a house and some extra space surrounded by unclimbable walls on all sides. How did he get there? Why is he there? Why should I really care about this Hills Have Eyes knockoff from Wish? I'm giving it a touch brown as well. Larry? I have to say, of all the trailers you sent me this week, this is the one that I would watch. Spoiler! But I, it's still not, like, the greatest, so I'm going to give it a blah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I'd, I'd probably hit play if it was on, like, Shudder or something. <laughs> Spencer? Well, you know... Uh, this movie, you know, the guy, the, the dialogue, help me, help me. The guy doesn't know any other words besides help me. No. No. Yeah. And, and well, yeah. yeah. Who are you? Yeah. And he was, ta- and, 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 and he was taken out by a chicken. A chicken? <laughs> yeah. That, 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 it looked like a chicken that flew over the side. It's like, if I was clinging to a wall for my life trying to climb up and a chicken fell, I'd be like, well, Colonel Sanders is going to have a day. I am not falling off the wall because of a chicken. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was like a good three feet away from him, too. Yeah. It's not like it, was it, it wasn't like it hit him and it, you know, and it started pecking his eyes. Or something. <laughs> no, it just kind of went by. It went, whoop, 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 whoop. It's like, <laughs> it's, uh, so, yeah, the, 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 the children of the 
corn has eyes or something is just does not appeal to me. So, so Dr. Brown. Okay, Rob, what say you? Uh, yes, there's something wrong with these children, and it doesn't seem appealing. Um, yeah, I don't didn't quite understand the premise here because like the kids just randomly showed up and then they weren't there and they were tormenting him sometime but not all the time and like I'm very like okay why if they're really tormenting them and keeping them there why aren't they just like hovering over the whole rim of this pit <laughs> the entire time which you is know, why like, I would probably hit play because I, I, I want answers to these questions <laughs> I don't care enough to get those answers <laughs> that's my problem <laughs> The guy was taken out by a chicken. I don't know if he deserves to survive. <laughs> However, I would if it was on. I'd probably end up turning it on just because. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the blah as well. Okay. <laughs> Two blahs, three touch browns. All right, let's move on to the next one, shall we? I'm going to throw the dart at the proverbial dartboard here, and might as well just get this one out of the way. Um, go ahead and say it for me. Gurren Lagann, the movie, <laughs> The Lights in the Sky Are Stars. After the Spiral King Whoa. defeat, after the Spiral King's defeat, humans reclaim the surface of the Earth and enjoy peace and tranquility. The increasing population causes a new threat to appear: the anti-spiral. Okay, uh, so hey, the That's second part line. of the sequel to the movie I touched around last week, yeah, that and the way they all said the main character's name did not sound like Simon. It sounded like something I, yeah. I can't say on FCC regulated <laughs> FM stereo. You know what I'm saying, right, Lurk? You know exactly what I'm talking about there. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the the men that work on ships, the the, the yeah. seamen, right? Yeah, <laughs> the, op, the, the other name for a sailor. <laughs> it totally sounded like that. I was, I was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> I thought it was going to turn into a hand tiger show all of a sudden, but no, I was wrong. Um, still, when I was growing up, I'm 90 percent sure that watching the banana splits was in reruns. And I learned two facts when I attempted to watch it now. Fact number one, I am thoroughly convinced heavy drug use was rampant in Hollywood. And fact number two, it's because of shows like that my generation had ADD. This movie <laughs> and the one before it last week were originally released 20 years ago. And now I'm sure I understand why that generation has ADHD. I'm giving this a touch brown. Rob? Or, I'm sorry, Tony. <laughs> That's all right. I was going to say the anti-spiral. I just pictured uh, Russell Wilson there. <laughs> Let's ride, cringy. Okay. From the comments I read, this is apparently a classic 15-year-old anime, and we did cover the other one last week. Yeah. Um, looks like they got the original voice actors to come back and do this in English, which is awesome for the fans of this movie. Um, so if you like last week, if you're a fan of the anime, obviously real fast-paced, crazy animations. Um and it's got the pop music this week, so it's straight-up anime. It should draw you in. If you're already a fan of this genre or this series, you know you're going to go see it. Um, however, like last week, anime is not really my kind of movie, so I'm going to, once again, be a, keeping that streak alive of Touch Brown. Okay. Rob, what say you? Uh, yes, yeah, so apparently we have a movie where the threat is a straight line. Um, the anti-spiral. <laughs> <laughs> um, it 
still doesn't intrigue me enough to want to see this. So touch brown. Okay. <laughs> Spencer. Okay, I was a fan of the show when it when it, when it first came out. I I love this show. It's a it's so it's so much fun. And like I said, remember how I said last week that it was like two stories in one series. This is probably the the second part of it. And I have such a love for this movie. I will gladly go see this, and I am going to give it a good to counteract all the brown streaking here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh, okay, Lurk, what say you? I feel like the only way that you're going to get me to watch this is if uh, it's my cousin Kyle's uh, night to choose a, a movie <laughs> on Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> Damn it, Kyle. Let's uh, pick these. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't even know that it was a series. I, I, I'm sure if you're a fan of the series, this is great for you. But as somebody who has never even encountered this in my life, uh, it the, the trailer did not bring me in, so it, yeah. touch brown. Yeah, this okay. is definitely being marketed to people who are fans of the series already. Yeah, I mean that that trailer would not get new ones. I know. I had to double check. I'm like, didn't we see this one last week? <laughs> <laughs> but I warned you guys that it would be coming later this month or the next week or something like that. I was trying to put it out of my mind. All right, two down, two to go. Tony, what is next? Ah, uh, flop gun fighter. let's go Javrik Fighter is a Hindi language aerial action thriller Top Gun a story top Indian Air Force aviators Maverick and Goose coming together in the force of imminent danger to battle the country's internal and external forces as militant activities were going out of control a new unit, Air Dragons, was commissioned by Iceman as first responders to hostile activity comprising of the best combat aviators handpicked from across the Indian Air Force. Fighter unfolds the story of Patty, Maverick, and his mates com- camaraderie. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. I know how to say that word, but I can't say it. We'll just say brotherhood. And going through the highs and lows of their internal and external battles. Oh boy! Without a volleyball. So this is a that we know of. Rip off. It's it's Bollywood's version, which you're going to get musical jingles that rival Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone and the volleyball (laughs) scene playing with the boys. In fact, instead of a volleyball scene and a football scene on a beach, you get a snowball fight. This movie is so rippy of Top Gun that the dogfight has the dogfight scenes. The motorcycle at sunset scenes, the bomber jackets, man, it, it'll have an audience, but this trailer does nothing to me. It's sure, there's a lot of action, Bollywood, really well shot, but for me, man, I'll just stick to the original Top Gun or Maverick, Touch Brown. Okay, and the streak stays oh, alive. <laughs> All right, I was wondering when India would get around to making their own version of Top Gun, and here it is. And I am reminded of the quote from Oscar Wilde. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery that mediocrity can pay to greatness. With CGI air combat that defies physics and logic, the funniest part of this trailer was the guy at the end of the trailer holding the flag of India as he's stepping out of, I guess it was a helicopter or something, and the flag is wildly flapping in the wind, but not a single hair of his pompadour hairstyle was moving in that at least 25-plus mile-per-hour wind. So I'm giving it a touch brown, but his uh, hairstylist an A+. plus. <laughs> Aquanet. Aquanet. Lots and lots of Aquanet. <laughs> Kenny Loggins in that soundtrack. That would have made it perfect. Uh, yeah. So what say you, Lurk? 
I have to say, I definitely got the uh, Bollywood Top Gun vibes from this. It, it literally looks like if you typed into ChatGPT, write me a Bollywood Top Gun, this is what it would spit out. It it just looked all it, completely AI. I actually thought it was a joke. I had to start the trailer over again. <laughs> Did I click the right link? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it was real. So, uh, touch brown for me. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer, what say you? Well, this movie—it's uh, yeah. I mean, I, everybody thought Top Gun on this, obviously. Yeah. And and I was watching and I'm watching. It's like an eagle, aren't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I remember this scene from Top Gun. Uh, and then it's like Republic Day will never be the same. I'm like, Republic Day. That's not a hall. That's not a hall. Oh, oh, Indian. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but then you know, then I saw him do the. Well, hit the brakes, deal. Fly right by. You know, it's like, wow, they really are ripping off Top Gun. Yeah, and they're enjoying every second of it. And you were? No, no, they were. Oh, okay. I thought you said, and I was enjoying it. Oh no, no, they no. These the people who are making this movie. uh, It's ever since R. Came out. I have fallen in love with watching these, but not to the point where I'm actually willing to pay money for it. So I am going to give it a blah because if I do come across this, I am going to watch at very least some of those CG dog fights. I love it. I love and and if there's a musical number where somebody's on top of a jet during a dog fight. I am going to be. I am going to give that such a positive review. Wow. <laughs> Five stars on Netflix on that one. <laughs> He's just like, I'm glad everyone had fun. <laughs> uh, is it, uh, oh, I guess we're gonna have to wait until we get back to find out Rob's thoughts on Fighter, uh, and I'll do a recap of all the movies so far. So far, the seating actually has the best ranking, uh, with Lyric and Rob giving it blahs. Um, Spencer's kind of uh, throwing uh, monkey wrenches and everything, and but anyway. <laughs> what I do. He's all over the place. And with that music, though, it's time for us to take a hard break. When we get back, more pop culture entertainment, so don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Pop Culture Boom Radio Show, and we are going over movies with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. And let me recap real quick before we get to uh, Rob and his uh, thoughts on Fighter. Uh, the seating is uh, the first one we did. Lyric and Rob both gave him blahs. Tony Spencer and I gave it touch browns. Go ahead and say that one for me, would you, uh, Spencer? Gurren Lagan. The lights in the skies are stars. Thank you. <laughs> Spencer gave that one a good, and uh, everybody else gave it a touch brown. The Fighter. Um, if there's a, a dancing scene on the airplane wing while in flight or combat, then Spencer's giving it a blah just to see that, and then he'll give it a good. Um, Lyric, Tony, and I gave it touch browns. And Rob, what say you about Fighter? Take my breath away. <laughs> no, <just kidding. laughs> well, you're feeling very musical today, sir. <laughs> Um, I was expecting a little bit more. There was a little love story in there, so I was like, kind of excited. Like, 
you know, Hindi love stories are great. Um, I I love Bollywood movies. You guys know that. But um, I I am hoping that there is at least one musical number in this. Like, there has to be. Like, and it's got to be good. Like, (laughs) and I imagine it, like, in the air, you know, like, (laughs) and not necessarily outside of their fighter jets, you know. But, um... Anyways, well, that's only if they go I, the extra mile. I, I digress. <laughs> but, um, I, I Actually, it is. It's going to be like one of those movies of the total lose yourself. I want to just watch something that's going to make me enjoy life for an hour and a half. And that's why I'm going to say it's good. Okay. Wow. Because I like those type of movies the that you can just go in. Week. You have no real expectations that you're going to like have an epiphany moment or anything <laughs> like that. You just want to have a good time at Yeah, it's movies. like going to a Jason Statham movie. <laughs> yep, exactly. Pretty much. All right. So we get to the 40-ounce monkey in the room this week, which is American Star. And uh, here's the synopsis. An assassin on a final assignment in... Why? What? Fort Aventura. Okay. Uh, to kill a man he has never met, when then his target is delayed, he finds himself drawn to the island people and a ghostly shipwreck. Uh, for a hitman thriller, this sure looks really boring. I know that Ian McShane was in every John Wick movie and the Rock's Hercules movie, but still, he was a side character and not an action star. So why is he starring in a movie about a hitman? Plus, it was unnerving to see him on a semi-tropical island on the beach, poolside, and sleeping in nothing but suits. So I'm giving this a touch brown. Tony, what say you? An assassin goes on a vacation far away to collect his thoughts. The trailer, um, well, sorry, to collect his thoughts. <clears throat> the trailer was a complete snooze fest of epic proportions. Kudos to Ian Shane, who's 81 and still acting. But, man, this trailer had no pool for me at all. I was bored. Touch brown. All right, Rob, what say you? Uh, Yes, this was the reverse bodyguard um, (laughs) because it turns out that it's not a man. He's actually a I'm surprised you didn't break into song. Well, you didn't give me a chance. (laughs) I was actually going to give you. I was going to tell you there was a moment I was waiting for after. Building up to it. Oh, dang. I'm sorry. (laughs) After he, like. Gets into that fight with, you know, her when she, I guess, when she finds out that he was, you know, there to kill her and all that. You know, I was expecting a big old, like, Dolly Parton song, Whitney Houston, you know, (laughs) um, especially from Ian McShane. At 81, I mean, seriously, the guy does not look 81. Like, 101. No, I'm kidding. No, but no, seriously, he does not look 81. So I got to give him, like, props. However, this has got to be the worst assassin movie that they've ever made. (laughs) um, Can you call it an assassin movie if they fall in love? I don't know. So I'm going with the touch. Does he actually assassinate anybody? That's what I mean. Like. Uh, Sentence. Everybody else seems really down on this movie. But uh, I don't know. Great uh, gravitas to whatever he's in. I mean, even even if he's a, a snow leopard, you know, doing kung fu, it, 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 you still feel that threat from him and that power in, in his performances. And, and again, at eighty one, that is very impressive. And this is kind of like the introspective John Wick. Like if if John Wick actually got to retirement age, which I don't think he did, if memory serves. <laughs> until the so, next movie. Anyway. Until the next movie. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm willing to give this a try, but uh, I'm not going to give it a try outside of the house. So I'm going to give this a blah. Wow, that's a really generous, generous lyric. What say you? 
Uh, I agree with Tony. I, I was bored the whole time. <laughs> I, I really just did, did not click with this one at all. So I, I give it a You started browsing to, to the uh, thumbnails on the side. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, checking my notifications on my phone. Like, uh, oh, okay, this oh, okay. trailer's still going? All right. <laughs> and there you have it. So the best one rated this week is the seating. Uh, not the 400-pound uh, gorilla in the room, which was American Star. Uh, Spencer gave it a blah. Everybody else gave that a touch brown. Fighter. Uh, Rob gave it a good. Spencer gave it a blah. Lyric, Tony, and I gave it touch browns. Gurin. Gurin Login. The lights in the sky <laughs> are stars. Spencer gave it a good. Everybody else gave it a touch brown. And the seating is going to take it for the crown this week with Rob and Lyric giving it blahs. Spencer, Tony, and I giving it touch browns. Well, we actually get into some real movies next week. Uh, kind of. Uh, we have the epidemic Argyle with uh, Henry Cavill, uh, the Jungle Bunch Operation Meltdown. Don't look at me like that. I don't know. Oh, and here's the worst one of the week, or actually the worst one of the year. I can tell you right now, this is going to be the worst one of the year. And one one of the year. She is Con Ann. <laughs> supposed oh, to be like no. Conan, but it's C O N A N N. So it's Con Ann. Ouch. Because it's wow. a female Conan. His name is Conan the Barbarian. The Barbarian. Wow. That, that, that hurt. That, that movie hurt. is going to be the worst movie yeah. of 2024. Is it, is it an it American now. movie? I don't know. Okay. I don't we'll know we'll find out next week. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Departing Seniors. The Departing or The Parting? Departing Seniors. Departing. Okay. So, yeah. Like they're leaving? Yeah. Bye-bye. Not, no, I don't think I, I think it's supposed to be like a horror comedy, but not set Heaven's in gate. a, <laughs> but not set in a, uh, um, a retirement home. It's actually, like, it's all the cocoon part two. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of living, they're all dying. Right. And that's why it's departing. No, not Red Sonia. She is Con, Con Ann, Eric, not, not Red Sonia. It, uh, I, I saw that and I was like, you've got to be. <laughs> Kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like well, yeah, I finger on the dump button. Yeah, <laughs> one of the teachers that I follow on Instagram recently posted that uh, she let her first graders write um, letters and draw pictures for senior citizens, and one of the kids drew a big hourglass and said, "Time's almost up." <laughs> wow! Oh my gosh! <laughs> Ow! Somebody has a morbid home life. Yeah. <laughs> So, so departing, se- departing seniors just brought that up. As a first mind. grader, wow. All I can think of is FSKA. Future serial killer right? of America. <laughs> Sociopath. Like, <laughs> definitely that teacher better keep that one in a yeah. little, with the kid's name. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, smelling that, a, I'm smelling a new name on the watch list, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay, Tony. Um, anything else going on except you're being angry about the uh, Chiefs winning? Oh, no, not much. I'm, I'm almost done with Echo. I've watched uh, four episodes of it. I really like it so yeah, far. Yeah, it's good. I've oh, finished it. It's, it's very enjoyable. I'm looking forward to finishing it up. Okay. And then you're on to, are you going to be writing a uh, review for it? Yeah. You know, I need to dust off that old review page. I have that <laughs> and then... Uh, uh, we have a we have a concert this week. It's, I I should be fun, but it's the, the music choice is kind of meh. So we'll see. We're 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 going uh, so hinder 
is playing here in Fort Collins. We don't get a lot of bands that play in town. So, <laughs> I like it. So we're going to go see it. It's really cheap oh. down the street. Go see Hinder. So I love I'll, Hinder. I'll put up a concert one for to start up the new year here. There you go. All right. No, why not? So, so all like, right. I'm happy for you. I like the Hinder. Yeah. And you might be pleasantly surprised yeah. and give them a really good review. And then yeah. you know, they'll hit really big and then they'll have to give you credit and hopefully 10%. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you're like your horrible reviews really helped us get a better club than what we played in last week. Yeah, that, so yeah, that'll that'll be there on you know when they get do their uh, uh, behind the music on uh, VH1. Yeah, if it wasn't for that oh, Flippo's horrible reviews and that review they gave us at that Fort Collins show, uh, we wouldn't have yeah, hit it that, big. That was the one that put us back on the map. <laughs> Thank God he went out on a Tuesday night. What a rebel. He's a real party animal, that guy. All right, sir. Well, you stay warm in Colorado. Absolutely. I look forward to being on the show next week. Uh, and you guys have a great rest of your show. All right. Thank you, sir. And we'll talk to you later. You're welcome. Talk to you guys next week. All right. So we got a little bit of time uh, before the next break. So, um as far as your predictions or uh, actually your uh, projections, I guess, is a better way of uh, putting it, um, do you think that uh, after last year's uh, Carson Creepy that this year is going to be even bigger? I do because we are partnering with other film organizations around Nevada and getting the word out to more filmmakers. So I think that we're just going to see this continue to grow which is why we're uh, having discussions with our community partners at Brewery Arts Center about, well, how do we handle this? Do, do we want to make it like an actual sort of festival thing in the, festival, future, yes. in, in the future where it's, a, it's kind of a weekend long um, mm-hmm. festival with multiple screenings? Yeah. Um, that, that, that's one thing that we are contemplating. Uh, we've also got some great uh, workshops and classes on the horizon as well where we're going to be moving into a new shared space with four other nonprofits, which is going to allow us to actually host um, so, some decent-sized classes cool. in, in classroom spaces. Mm. Um, so we, we've got some screenwriting workshops, some um, audio recording workshops at Abbey West uh, Recording Studios. And uh, we're also looking at uh, doing some filmmaking classes with Action Camera, where they, they come in and demonstrate how to use um, some of the various cameras that are out there. Nice. Nice. And that's uh, all that all the other stuff besides these film competitions that uh, Silver State Storytellers has coming up in the uh, 2024. Then I take it. Yeah, uh, we're we're also uh, partnering with the Carson Library to get some literary programs going. We're we're hoping um, that our new board member. Uh, is going to be taking the lead on that since she uh, actually works at the library. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because we we want to start uh, delving into other kinds of storytelling and mm-hmm. not just film. Right. Oh, okay. Um, I got some Go suggestions for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's roots, like theater. Speaking of, you're really big in the theater scene. And actually, you have a... Uh, um, a little segment that you do on the morning show on, on Alice. I don't know if I can pump, pump pump another radio station, but uh, you have a, a segment on a morning show that here in, uh, in up in Reno uh, every yeah. Thursday. Yeah, every Thursday morning I, I visit Alice ninety six point five and um, I talk about the local um, plays that that, that are uh, happening around town, um, and we'll bring in uh, some guests from those shows. Uh, this week, uh, we were talking to Reno Little Theater's 
um, actors because they just opened a murder mystery comedy farce called While the Lights Were Out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, uh, you, you know, Murder on the Orient Express on, uh, it meets, you know... Um, but it's a subway it, car. It meets Adam Sandler. Yeah. It's just oh, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I saw an improv show like that up in Reno. It was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, there's quite a few improv troops. Do, which theater did you visit? Uh, it was on Wells. I can't remember right off the top of my head. Uh, Reno Improv. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the, the, yeah, the group had a different name, but I can't remember. That, that actually did the performance, but I can't remember what it was right off the top of my head. Yeah, I, I think that they have a few groups that, that are uh, go, going out of that, that space there. Yeah, yeah but I've been to a couple of their shows, and yeah. they've all been really funny. Yeah, we, but, we, we've got some great clowns in, in the Truckee Meadows. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if that's supposed to be a Oh, no, it's a high, compliment. It's a high cl- compliment. Okay. <laughs> With improv, it's a, it's a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> so what, is, uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, current um, theater scene in Reno? I mean, is it, a, is it thriving? Is it a, oh, kind of yeah. struggling? Oh, gosh. I, I, I would not say it's struggling. I, I think that um, now that we've gotten through covid <laughs> that that was the time where where we saw some struggle mm-hmm. but uh I, I, I have to say that our our community is really tight-knit um a lot of the actors work at multiple theaters and, and there's not this like you know exclusivity exclusivity yeah. exactly it's it's more of like a, a theater alliance with with most of the theaters in town um it, you know especially the the four that I work with the most, Reno Little Theater, Bruca, Good Luck Macbeth, and Sierra School of Performing Arts, mm-hmm. um, they, they've they actually been partnering on quite a few projects together. Uh, last year, or the year before, Reno Little Theater and Sierra School of Performing Arts teamed up to bring into the woods, not only to Reno Little Theater stage, but also Bartley Ranch, and they brought it here to Brewery Arts Center. Mm-hmm. See, a buddy of mine who uh, used to live in Reno, uh, he was at the uh, um, Reno Little Theater, and he did, he was in um, Into the Woods. Oh, now, nice! Now he's up in uh, he's in New York doing Broadway, so that's excellent. <laughs> and uh, so that, that's why I was kind of wondering: um, Is there the, do you see any potential for um, people in our area to advance up like he did and going up to say like Broadway or uh, moving say into movies or mm-hmm. anything like that? I. I've actually seen quite a few of the people start on on Reno stages. You know, I my roots are on Reno stages. I've I've been um, acting in the community since I was in fourth grade, so I, I've grown up in the in the Reno theater scene, and I've seen quite a few people actually, uh, you know, move on and and make a name for themselves in both New York and Hollywood. Well, anybody uh, out there right now that kind of catches your eye as uh, being that, with that kind of uh, talent and potential? Oh, uh, actually, that'll be the question to answer when we get back. Fair enough. <laughs> We're going to take the hop- top of the hour break. It is 43 degrees Fahrenheit in Carson City and cloudy. Uh, traffic, if you're driving, you know there's traffic or not. So with that being said, we'll be back with more Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show right after this. So don't go anywhere. And if you missed any part of the show, check out the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast brought to you by 97 and Now Productions. The Pop Culture Kaboom podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Our in-studio guest is Mr. Lyric Burt. He is the co-founder and el presidente of Silver State Storytellers. And we're talking about their 
upcoming competition for the Love Notes short film competition. If you'd like to know more about Silver State Storytellers, you can go and check them out at nbstorytellers.org. And they have all the information that you need. Other ways to support them, uh, joining their newsletter, comp- their competitions, which uh, there's going to be three, Love Notes is the first one of the year, and and it is going on now, or will be going on starting this week. And then there is going to be the Sci-Fi Summer. Yes, uh, the the title on that one's to be determined. We're having a board meeting about it next week. <laughs> and uh, then, of course, the Carson Creepy short film competition, uh, which is uh, kind of the big one of the year. Um, uh, at least uh, it was last year. Absolutely. And we're also adding the 48-hour film oh, project right. to, to our uh, rotation as well. Yes, that's right. right. But that's in Reno, correct? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, but an, anyone in the Truckee Meadows <laughs> is welcome to, to join. Uh, you, you know, we, we call this program Carson City Shorts uh, with, with these uh, three competitions a year held at Brewery Arts Center. Um, but but a, 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 everyone in the valleys is, is welcome to, to join. We, we want filmmakers from uh, all over our uh, northern Nevada area. Well, I know that I don't know if they do it anymore, but I, I, there used to be a time I used to hear about... Uh, uh, Some place used to do like um, every an annual like cowboy poetry. Uh, yeah, thing. They, they they still do that. It, it's, uh, it's, Elko. It, it's held out in Elko. Yeah. Oh, all the way out there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, no wonder. That's where the cowboys are. <laughs> Dayton. <laughs> you ever been to Dayton? I have, okay. but uh, I've also been to Elko, and there's a lot yeah. more. There's a, not, a lot more cowboys. The in presence Elko. is much greater. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So well, I was just wondering, uh, would uh, uh, Silver State storytellers? Uh, uh, be venturing into the spoken word or poetry aspect of uh, anything in the near future as well. It's funny that you mentioned that because... I at, thought I was being serious. Uh, what do you mean? It's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> as uh, we are um, moving into the new year, we are moving into a new shared space with Sierra School of Performing Arts, Sierra Nevada Ballet, and Steinway Piano Cal- Gallery and Academy to bring... Arts of all sorts under one roof. Uh, we And as part of that shared space, we are also building a performance space, 200-seat venue, mm. where we are going to be hosting all sorts of events, uh, dance, theater, music, and poetry. Oh, and spoken word. Spoken word, yes. Beatnik poetry? <laughs> Absolutely. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Or what was that? So I married an axe murderer. Yes. Oh, yes. Movie? Woman. Right. Whoa, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great movie. It was uh, it, yet another like non-traditional romance well, so movie. Yeah, 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 very much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If somebody wants to make a, a movie like So I Married an Axe Murderer for Love Notes, <laughs> I would say, love it. Only be nine movies. Nate. Turn off the bass, city rollers. Can I be uh, seven to nine? Look at his head. It says that he's like a meteor. He needs a giant pillar for his big head. His head is like Sputnik spherical, but quite pointy in parts. Uh, if you'd have to watch the movie to know yep. what we're talking about. Okay, um, so uh, that sounds like you guys got a lot going on, um, and especially with. So, does that mean that at some point um, we'll. Uh, um, since you guys are building that performance area, um, 
is that going to change kind of like the format for Love Notes in the future in Carson Creepy? Or is it going to no, remain here in Carson? It, it's very important to us that we keep the Carson City Shorts program here in Carson City. Um, and Brewery Art Center, is, uh, they, they're such amazing partners that uh, I, I don't foresee us going anywhere for a long time. Okay, good. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, because we need stuff like that in Carson. I, not just I agree, Reno, and so. and um, as part of our mission as Silver State storytellers, we want to make sure that we are fostering storytellers all over Nevada. Um, so having programming here in Carson City is very important to us. All right, um, are you guys going to have a? You know, I, I need to talk to you about um, Kaboom Con. I. I'm planning on attending, but I can't have a booth this year because it, it, you have it on my uh, <laughs> on my fiance's birthday, and I've already booked wow. so many things in the past years on his birthday. <laughs> and he gets so mad at me, Oof. so <laughs> I'm being very careful to not book up his birthday this year. Yeah. But you are going to be attending it. I, I will be attending. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Is it part of his birthday? Uh, no, I'm, I'm probably going to take my dad to oh. day one. Oh. Well, there's only one um, day. It's it's. Uh, oh, it's just the seventh. I, I thought it was the seventh and the eighth. Just the seventh. Just the seventh. Oh. For some reason, I thought it was the whole weekend. Uh, <laughs> not 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 yet. Uh, he's gotten it's gotten a pretty good response so far. So it'll probably he's uh, um, 97 Now Productions is looking at making it a two day event next year. Okay. So well, and, and adding a uh, possibly a film. Um, portion of the whole thing as well Ooh, excellent so, but uh definitely get in contact with mark about that so if, everything, go, if everything goes good then yeah that, that that is part of the uh part of the plan excellent so um all right let's get into some more news i don't want to talk about dragon ball though that's kind of boring <laughs> i'm sorry it is. all right super saiyan <laughs> well all right well all right. you know that does fill up a lot of time though you can just have you know one of us just go like ah for you know 10 15 minutes you can fill up a whole segment yeah because uh, everybody else would like to hear that <laughs> well it's worked for dragon ball z for 20 yeah there's visuals to go with it though too yeah. so uh bandai and it cut away to other people so it's like maybe like when you go to catch your breath again i guess one of us could say something i don't know uh bandai namcom has revealed that dragon ball games battle hour 2024 will get a physical event in two weeks as it invades los angeles the la convention center to be specific as the two-day event will take place from january 27th and 28th the event will be showing off some new titles, including Dragon Ball Sparkling, Sparking, I'm sorry, not Sparking, Sparkling, yeah. Sparking, <laughs> Zero, and Dragon Ball Diama, as well as a major tournament for Dragon Ball Fighter Z. This year's event promises first looks at new content with a deep dive panel with game producers, world finals tournaments featuring top competitive talent and a host of other new fun activities including Dragon Ball Legends and Dragon Ball Z Dokkan Battle Fun Stages Sandland does that mean like they're going to actually have people fighting each other uh, in video game form. oh never mind then I was thinking like Pokemon with the little Pokemon creature things you know, like. <laughs> 
I was but like there's Dragon Ball. I didn't, you know, I haven't seen it in a while. So I'm like, did they evolve Dragon Ball? Well, I was hoping that you'd put on some soccer bockers and go at somebody. Yeah, I, th- I thought they were going to be LARPing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, same here. Oh, yeah, so I, I there's took... probably too much legal involved with that. Oh, heck <laughs> yeah. No. no, there isn't. Uh, Sandland exclusive movie night and demo stations featuring favorite games from uh, the franchise, including Dragon Ball Z. Kakarot and Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. Dragon Ball Games Battle Hour 2024 is scheduled to take place, like I just said, at the last I just said. Battle Hour is the place for top tournaments, including the Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Dragon Ball Fighter Z World Tour Finals, and a Dragon Ball Super Card Game World Championship. Attendees will have access to all activities over both days of the show and can expect not only an intense battle between the top competitors, but also a slate of news and re- news and reveals from current and future Dragon Ball games, along with game demo stations, photo ops, toys and on display, toys on display. No, no, you want to buy the toys. You don't want to just see them on display and more. Battle Hour also features panels highlighting the latest in Dragon Ball Entertainment. This year's event features the Dragon Ball Games producer panel with Ryu Mito, producer on the Dragon Ball Z Sparking series. There's a series. I thought it was just an, it was a new game. <clears throat> Is that the guy's real name or did he change it to Ryu? I don't know. R Y O. Is that Ryo? Ryu? Ryu? Oh, Ryu. Uh, Ryu, Ryu. Very Ryu. common. Very common Japanese name. Uh, okay, because I, I, I was. That's thinking, like Bob. I, that's like Bob I, I, I was Japanese. thinking about uh, Street Fighter Bob. though with, yeah. with Ryu, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I was thinking of too. Like, oh yeah, the name? small Street Fighter. <laughs> Ryu is from Japan, so uh, yeah. that's like that's like Bob or John. Fair enough. <laughs> is it just me that I always think? I always thought he's saying "Ah, nougat." <laughs> like he likes candy bars, you know. So was, he like he really he really dug nougat. Anyway, uh, add another gaming company to the list of recent shutdowns and closures as Wemo W I M O Games announced they have ceased operations. The word came down on Friday from the company's CEO Dave Rosen, who sent out this message. I can confirm that this week we began winding down operations at Wemo Games. It's been an incredible three years working with this fantastic team. Three years, that's it. And this is not the outcome we had hoped for. We're immensely proud of our work on RPG Dice, Heroes of Whitestone, Battle Bows, and most recently, Micro Machines Mini Challenge Mayhem. Uh, we're grateful to on to each. That's probably why they went out of business right there. The All of that fr- money going to franchising. Mm-hmm. We're grateful to each and every player that brought that bought the games to our team. Poured so much of their hard work into our passionate and incredible talented team members. Will be looking for new jobs, <laughs> and we're provided severance to assist in the transition. If you have roles available, or if you've spotted any openings, please contact Wemo through LinkedIn or for or those individ for or for those individuals directly. <clears throat> We appreciate our players and the many organizations who have collaborated with us so much. The news comes as a bit of a shock, especially considering the company was just releasing just released a pretty cool VR title, the Micro Machines Mini Challenge Mayhem. The company also produced some other cool VR titles we've enjoyed in the past as they released RPG Dice Heroes of White Zone and Battle Bowls. While support for all these titles will cease, it looks like they won't be taken off their respective VR shops they currently sit on, which is a relief. 
There was no confirmed indication as to why the company had to shut down, but the company was was relatively new as it was formed in Texas back in 2021 and only had a staff of 35. It's kind of shocking to me to hear about all these layoffs and shutdowns in the gaming industry because my understanding was that gaming was at an all-time high as far as users. but, but, uh, But that was because of covid and now that and since things are starting to open up and people are having to go back to a relatively normal life, the games you know they they, they used to when during COVID they were buying games to fill in time while they were stuck at home. Uh. Now they aren't stuck at home anymore, so now they don't have to keep buying games and new systems to, to hmm. have, find something to do. Mm. So yeah. they thought they thought uh, it, that they they were I, riding a gravy train. I, I, they thought it lost forever. Uh, apparently. Like the the top reason for divorce in America is because of gaming. It is because like the guys are spending too much time on their Xboxes mm. and, and ignoring their girlfriends or wives, as the case may be. <laughs> well, uh, I was play lucky. Games I, together. I, got, yeah, I was gonna say I, I'm lucky. I got a wife who plays games with me. I was about to say you just set aside time. Like yeah. mm-hmm. this is your time to go play video games while I'm doing my whatever. Exactly. You know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's like when my wife watches uh, basically chick flicks or romances or whatever, mm-hmm. or I will uh, go and do my own thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She While she's watch- off watching prequels, he's playing something. He's playing Star Wars Galaxy. I am, actually. <laughs> no, I'm actually doing other things. i got too much on my plate right now. Uh, Konami revealed the latest anniversary collection coming to Yu-Gi-Oh! A trading card game as they revealed the 25th anniversary Rarity Collection 2, capitalizing on it being a sequel. This new set has twice as many ultra and secret rares per pack and twice as many chances for luxury rares on every pack. Each card in the set is available in every rarity, including luxury rarities such as quarter century secret rares, prismatic style collector's rares, and prismatic style ultra rares, each pack contains nine new cards, which break down to two secret rares, four ultra rares, and three super rares. It, why couldn't they just have a rare card? Why do they have to like have like ninety different variations super of rare. a rare card? Super Extra rare, super, super rare. rare. Extra super <laughs> ultra maker rare. every pack contains these, are they really that rare? I know. <laughs> the only rare card ever was the uh, Lord of the Rings, um, the one ring yep. card. Because they literally only made one. Mm. That is a rare card. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, so uh, as the set will be released on May 24, 2024, and it'll be $10 per pack. And yeah. So along with the SEG after and WGA strikes, Marvel Studios' Charlie Cox, Vincent D'Onofrio, yeah, and John Bernthal... Uh, starring Daredevil Born Again, saw its production impacted by a major creative change in direction in October 2023. That's when Dario uh, Scarpan was brought aboard as showrunner, and the co-directing team of Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead was tapped to helm the remainder of the season and apparently to shift the show's current creative focus. Now the Hollywood Reporter is reporting that the that production on the series is expected to resume this coming Monday, January twenty second, tomorrow. In addition, Philip Silvera 
has joined the team as stunt coordinator and second unit director. Why is that important? Because Silvera was also a stunt and fight coordinator on Netflix's Daredevil series, a move that like like a move that like gives off the vibe that we can expect more street level action moving forward. As for the whole Netflix uh, slash MCU situation, Marvel Studios embraced the Netflix series canon in the lead up to the debut of Echo by using footage from the series to establish Kingpin's backstory. The additions of Bernenthal and Silvara helped push the argument closer to the Netflix universe being canon, which might explain why rumblings about Deborah Ann Wool and Eldon Henson reprising their roles as Karen Page and Foggy Nelson, respectively. Mm. That's have good. been That's getting louder. Mm-hmm. And if you're like us and uh, you thought 18 episodes was a pretty hefty episode count, uh, no, I didn't, actually. Um, for a single season in the era of streaming, it looks like uh, you're, 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 you were right. Uh, THR <laughs> also reports that the 18-episode order will be trimmed down to a more standard streaming fare, possibly two eight-episode seasons. Bleh. Hmm. Yeah, but at least, but if it comes with a quality show, that, that that'd be nice. Because, uh, particularly when it comes to the fight choreography, I I can't speak to Echo itself as a show, but the fight choreography between her and Daredevil, I saw that fight and it just made me cringe. It was that bad, huh? Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that music means it is time for us to take a hard break. There's still plenty of show left, so don't go anywhere. And Lyric Bird is with us the uh, rest of the show as well. So, if you have any questions about Silver Age, Silver State Storytellers or any of their film competitions or anything that they are doing, Love Notes film, short film competition, the Sci-Fi Summer film competition, or the uh, Carson Creepy, I just like the sound of that Sci-Fi Summer. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, please uh, go ahead and feel free to give them a call. Give us a call and ask away, 775-515-4141, or you can hit us up through Facebook as well at Pop Culture Boom Facebook page, and we'll be right back, so don't go anywhere. And welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom, a radio show, everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And uh, the interesting little conversations we're having here while the uh, microphones are off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely nerding out. I, yeah, I, I yeah. It, yeah. Speaking of, I was thinking of something just a second ago, too. And uh, it's gone. Oh, um, Let's see. Uh, who, Hundreds let's, of innocent thoughts derailed by Camtrack. Let's see, let's see who can uh, catch this reference. So uh, uh, I play a game called uh, Star Wars uh, Galaxy's Rest- Restoration, and I have a, uh, a Transdotian bounty hunter <laughs> named. Um, no, now now I know where I was going with that. Uh, named Rawhead Rex. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And he's kind of reddish in color, and you know, but a really cool character. I leveled him up. He's uh, maxed out. He's level eighty now, so I go out and hunt everything and people too, because he's a bounty hunter. So I can hunt other players, and that's fun. Hearing people get mad, because I always mess with them because they like go into the cantina to, mm-hmm. to get buffs and everything from the entertainers. So I walk up on them, and you know, first off, they have to be able to speak Transdotian because <laughs> my character only speaks Transdotian or, um, or Dosh. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh. so I, I say, Hey, 
tell me a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and if they don't tell me a joke, I kill them on the spot. <laughs> wow. Is that really a bounty hunter, though? No, that's just a murderer. <laughs> I'm getting a bounty. I get paid for killing them. And they get so mad about it, too. Right. Well, try- it's just because they don't know any good jokes. I mean, if they do, yeah. there's good jokes. <laughs> They're like, what? I'm like, tell me a good joke. And I come up with some stupid joke, too. You know, total dad joke. Well, like, but I uh, have a uh, yeah. Bothan um, mm-hmm. character who's a, a combat medic. Um, and the way he's done up, I, his name is uh, Panthara. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks like Panthara, too. Oh so that's, so that's the funniest part. So, anyway. so does, does he have red and blue nunchucks? No, no nunchucks in Star Wars. Oh, that's Come disappointing. On, <laughs> have you ever seen nunchucks in Star Wars? No, but you hope. Okay. It might be kind of cool to do like some sort of lightsaber nunchuck. <laughs> lightsaber chucks. Yeah, that's, that's a quick way to lose an arm. Yours. I mean, oh. oh yeah, yeah, because we're doing whoosh, the tuck on the nail. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there were rumblings heading into the new year that Phil Lord, Chris Miller, and Bill Lawrence would be throwing back open the doors of Clone High for a second season sooner rather than later. Well, it would appear those rumblings were right with Max confirming that season two will hit streaming screens on Thursday, February 1st. But the streamer didn't come empty, didn't come empty handed, releasing new key art poster and an official trailer. And if you ended the first season feeling like you needed more, then get ready for the mountains of more uh, that you're about to get. Viewers, a uh, red and blue double lightsaber. Uh, that'd be interesting, too. Mm-hmm. I actually like that meme with uh, Ren, or, you know, when she went like that with the double lightsaber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was actually like a Swiss Army knife. It had right. all these uh, Yeah. yeah. That meme. <laughs> That's hilarious. Anyway, Mountains uh, More, that uh, you're about to view. Viewers can look forward to seeing Jermaine Fowler as Tessant Lewitcher, Paul F. Thompson as Professor Hurst. Uh, Stephen Root as Schneider, Snork, Snorkel, <laughs> Jackie Harry as Jackie the Ripper. Oh, that's a stretch. They even spelled it the same way, too. Jack, Jack A. Jack A. Harry as Jack A. the Ripper. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Uh, Hannah Simon as Lady Godiva. <laughs> uh, D.R.J. Car- Cardin as Mary. Really? A name like that and they just get Mary? Uh, Randall Park as Frida's adopted dad, Jamal Jamil, as uh, as Mrs. C. Renee Ellis as Goldsberry, as Sandra Sandra and Richard Kind as Nostradamus this season. As for who's returning, we will... Uh, okay, I don't care. Anyway, it's going to be out on uh, Max on February 1st. Uh, great news, Avengers fans. Are you a fan of the Avengers? Oh, of course. Well, now... now it's there's the British, a reboot on it, the way. Now, is it British Marvel's Avengers. Avengers or the British Avengers? Both. Well, there's a reboot <laughs> on the way. No, not those Avengers. We're talking yeah. about the new series' take on the popular British spy series. Nice. John uh, Steed and Emma Peel. Uh, yeah. The one that rocks the the, the in its title. Uh, but if you uh, think we're uh, talking about a serious take on a Ralph uh, Fiennes and Ray Fiennes Uma, and Uma Thurman. Yeah, starring 1998 film, 
then we're going to smack you in the back of the head and send you to the back of the class. Of course, oh, well, we're I guess I get sent to the back of the class because yeah. I loved that movie. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the 60s television series made popular by Patrick McNeese, John Steed, and Diane Riggs' Emma Peel. Yeah, that was great. Along with other partners that uh, Steed would have over the course of the series run, Deadline Hollywood is reporting exclusively that Studio Canal, owner of the rights of the Avengers catalog, is developing a new run at the series with Mickey Down and Conrad K on board as writers in a pilot script reportedly written with Studio Canal expected to co-produce with Warner Brothers Discovery Production Housewell Wall to Wall. Ben Tyler is reportedly attached at, to direct as well as serve as an executive producer. Despite early reports that the project was set for HBO, a permanent home for the potential reboot has yet to be determined. For sitting screens in 1962, the series would go on to run for six seasons on ITV and then on ABC in the U.S. One of the very few British shows at the time that were able to make the move to America primetime television. As for that 1998 film starring uh, Fines and Thurman that we mentioned earlier, let's just say that uh, critics and viewers found a rare moment to unite in utter dislike (laughs) of the big screen effort. Uh, Since that time, there have been rumblings about remakes on the big and small screens. For example, Shane Black uh, shared... In 2018, that he had co-written a pilot for a remake with the writing partner Fred Derek De- Decker, and that was submitted to Warner Brothers TV. Ooh. Mm. I'm going to need your uh, corrections in the next one, um, Spencer. Okay. Uh, Crunchyroll announced international theatrical dates for Demon Slayer. Kimitsu no Yuba, ya, ya, Yaiba Yaiba uh, to the to the Hashiria training, bringing Tanjiro and the Demon Slayer Corps back to the brick screen in a not-to-be-missed anime theatrical event starting on February 21st. Demon Slayer Kimitsu no Yaiba uh, to the Hashiri training will feature a connected Bond Daybreak and First Light episode 11 from the Sword Swordsmith Village arc, featuring the conclusion of the fierce battle between Tanjiro and Upper Four Demon Hantanju Tanju sounds right, yeah. Okay, as well as Nezuku, Nezuko, Nezuko's uh, oh Nezuko's uh, triumph over the uh, sun. This will be seamlessly followed by episode one of the highly anticipated Hashiri training arc, featuring the start of training conducted by the Hashiri in uh, preparation for the forthcoming final battle against Muzan Kabatsuji. Badly, badly said, but pro- properly pronounced. Okay. And, <laughs> well, said with utter confusion that I wasn't saying it right, so I, I was looking for a little reaffirmation there. <laughs> An episode never seen, bef- never before seen by audiences. Demon Slayer Kumitsu no Yaba, Yaba uh, to the Hashiri training will allow fans to revisit the gripping finale of the Swordsmith Village arc while getting a sneak peek at the highly anticipated Hasari training arc in one extra-sized blockbuster experience. Demon Slayer Kumitsu no Yaiba to the uh, Hashiri, I keep mispronouncing that one. I keep coming up with new names for it. Uh, Training marks the first time fans can 
Watch the finale from the Swordsmith. Didn't I just say that? And see the beginning of that, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, AI, AI articles seem to be paid for by the, by the word, so okay. they repeat themselves a lot. It did. It completed that whole, that whole sentence. It just redid. And, and it's just teasing you. It wants you to have to keep saying that over and over. I guess and over so, because then in the very next start of the very next sentence, Demon Slayer Kimitsu no Yaiba. Uh, to the Hashiri art training will be distributed in North American theaters, including in IMAX and premiered large formats, uh, starting on February 23rd by Aniplex of America, Crunchyroll, and Sony Pictures Entertainment. That's pretty awesome because they released, uh, after the first season of uh, Demon Slayer, they released... Uh, they released a, a movie that that took place for for the next story arc. Mujin for, Train, yeah, Mujin Train, yes, exactly. Yeah, and that was uh, and it was widely popular too. It settled a whole mm-hmm. bunch of records because it came out during the pandemic. So it, and it I, still actually did decent numbers for, at the pandemic, yeah. which means there was some real demand for that. And people didn't care about the pandemic <laughs> <laughs> until dawn. You ever hear of that? It's it, a, that that's game? a game, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, is heading to the big screen. Nice. Yeah. One of my sisters is still play, trying to get through all the different endings on that. <laughs> There's a bunch of different endings? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. It's almost like an interactive movie. You can basically decide if somebody lives or dies just by by pressing left or right on the joystick. Oh. <laughs> the popular horror game adaptation will be directed by David F. Sandberg, who will reteam with Annabelle creation collaborator Gary Neuberman. To bring the game to life, Sand- Sandberg has two Shlam movies in his directing credits uh, since then. Uh, <laughs> Shlam? Shazam movies. Oh, Shazam. Okay. Oh, you weren't a fan? Oh, no. The, the, not many people were, but I actually enjoyed them. Well, the first one, <laughs> the first I, I, one, was, the first one was really good. The first one was okay. The second one was just... Too much. Oh, I, lo- I loved it. it I, but I'll watch anything with Lucy Liu. I think she's. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm she, with you there, yes. She's an acting goddess. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, did you know that there's going to be a Venom 3? Yes, I did, Eric. Yes. Thank you. Yes, and uh, we will report on to as we get more information about it. Yeah. Um, like with this. Where am I? I got lost. Okay, well, the Debberman who wrote these screenplays for numerous horror hits like the It franchise, The Nun, and more. He also directed a remake of Salem's Lot that Warner Brothers needs to decide what to do with. Yeah, they do. And uh, <laughs> release it already, by yeah. the way. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter says that Screen Gems is keeping the film's plot under wraps. It's based on a game called Until Dawn. I mean, how much of under wraps can you keep a film plot about a video game yep. that's been out there for a while? Uh, yeah, the, the, the plot is that people need to survive until dawn. Like, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, come on. I've yeah. never even played the video game, and I know that that's the plot. Yeah. <laughs> and all you got to say is Wendigo. I mean, that's Wendigo? The, yeah, it's the monsters in it. Hey. Uh, from the official website, it does say, when eight friends become trapped on a remote island getaway gone wrong. A remote island getaway gone wrong. What is a remote island getaway gone wrong? It's kind of like a remote camping trip gone wrong. Yeah, we, we've also seen this in so many movies. I was like say, wait, wasn't there another video game too, Dead Island or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think of when they say remote is like an island. Nobody can get there because it's remote, not the mountains. Anyway. Well, there, well I think Evil, be remote I, I, I too, think Evil Dead would like to have a word with you on that. Huh? I think Evil Dead would like to have a word with you on that about remote in the mountains. They were remote out in the woods. He wasn't on a mountain. The woods weren't on a mountain? 
No, not that I. They didn't look mountainous to me. Uh, Ten Little Indians, Agatha Christie. Mm-hmm. They're they're trapped on a mountain. Yep. Okay, but it's <laughs> on a mountain, not a remote mountain. <laughs> <laughs> the Shining uh, was a hotel on a remote mountain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you got me on that one. All right, <laughs> thank you, Rob. A remote mountain getaway gone wrong. Things quickly turn sinister. And they start to suspect they aren't alone. Gripped by fear and with tensions in the group running high. Gasp. (laughs) You'll be forced to make snap decisions. (laughs) That could mean life or death for everyone involved. Every choice you make while playing as each of the eight friends, even the seemingly trivial ones, will carve out your own unique story. Written in collaboration with famed horror writers and directors, Larry uh, Fessendine and Graham Resnick uh, find out who will survive with spine-tingling performances from a Hollywood cast including Hayden Panteri, thank you, uh, brought to life with the power of PlayStation registered trademark four. Uh, your actions alone will decide who survives until dawn. Trademark. I have <laughs> never played the game, uh, so I can't speak of its quality. Uh, it is interesting that this was uh, one of those uh, more interactive-based games, though, from what I understand. And it will, it, it will lose a lot of that uh, in the adaptation. So, uh, Well, the, the mm-hmm. movie, it's, the, the game itself is kind of like an interactive movie. It's not, it's not like you control the characters the whole time, like, you know, like how you make Lara Croft walk or run. Mm-hmm. You know, basically, you get to that it's kind of a checkpoint, places, and you yeah. basically, like, uh, it's quick time events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're going to be able to do that with a movie adaptation. That's true. And yeah. so is, uh, is there enough story there when you take those elements away? Uh, well, I think so. When you've yeah. got eight people, Windigos, remote, you know, there you go. Guys who guys who <laughs> set other people up and, yeah, bad things, yes. Okay. I'm sure there's somebody who was like... You know, in on it, you know. <laughs> yes, there was. Mm-hmm. Yep, see? <laughs> so, um, who's played uh, Five Nights at Freddy's? A uh, long I've, time I've ago. I've not played it, but I just watched the movie. Okay. Uh, I, I've, I've watched every episode of Game Theory about the lore for Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> okay. I've seen the movie and I've played this the first game. Okay, so you played it. Um, how did it, does it hold up as far as translating it, the game to a to the movie? Picture? Yeah, it was actually very decent. I mean, you know, you have to change some things, but yeah, it was it was, it was decent. I liked it. It's a good movie, but you had to change some things. You had to because the whole movie streamlined a few things. <laughs> well, yeah. especially, the things especially based on like I don't I don't know the later iterations, but the first Five Nights at Freddy's was very static. It was very like you just looked at like it was just video cameras, so you can't have that as a movie. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, you can. That'd be actually um, yeah, a movie I'd encourage everyone to watch. Hardcore Harry. I've yeah. I've heard of it. I have not watched it. That is it it's action, on my watch list. That's an yeah. action movie done from a first person perspective. Like the entire Harvey movie Yogi. is yeah. first person perspective. Hardcore Henry, Hardcore Henry, not Harvey Henry. Yeah. What did I say? Henry, you said higher. <gasps> oh wait, no, I do remember my friend showing this to me, and I was on some not so legal substances. <laughs> <laughs> so the ending really, got and you. I was like. <laughs> What did you just do to me? <laughs> it was a very traumatizing experience. This same friend also did the same thing to me with Crank. Whoa. Oh, speaking of Jason Statham movies. Uh, yes, yes, he was talking about the movie. Yeah, the, the movie. The movie yeah. Crank, yeah. 
Uh, with that, on that note, we're going to be taking our last break of the night. So don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Boom Radio Show, The Final Moments, with Lyric Burt, the co-founder and El Presidente of Silver State Storytellers. Again, you can check out their website, nvstorytellers.org or you can find them on the Facebook as well and when they post on the Facebook I post it to the Pop Culture Kaboom news feed so at the very least make sure you're liking Pop Culture Kaboom on the Facebook and more show right after this and welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show Spencer Stoner Rob Nolt I your not so humble host Jimmy Jones and our special in studio guest Lyric Burt hey hey <laughs> the big Muppet show welcome for you yay <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Muppet show tonight <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, so um, more news um, for that one person uh, several months ago who was inquiring about this movie. Here you go. After <laughs> I wish I could remember the person's name. Okay, I remember the email we got. I don't even about uh, what movie. What movie? Tron. Aries. Oh, Tron Three. Aries. Oh. Yeah. So after facing a series of delays and setbacks, filming on Tron Aries is now officially underway. Yay! Wow. Yay! <laughs> The third film in the Fran third film in the Tron franchise plans to for plans for a follow up to 2010's Tron Legacy began as early as the second film film's release, but would later fall through when Disney announced they would had scrapped the film in 2015. In 2017, the project would get fresh life with Jared Leto attached to star. Filming was intended to finally get it underway in August last year, but the project was again delayed due to the ongoing WGA and SAG-AFTRA strikes. Now director Joachim Roning has confirmed that the frequently troubled Tron 3 has finally begun filming by posting a new set photo to Instagram. While the photo only reveals the production's stylized Tron 3 logo, featuring the number 3 in place of the letter O, the director also accompanied the picture with the caption, Week 1 on the Grid. Despite only enjoying moderate box office success at the time of its original 1982 release, the first Tron movie would eventually become regarded as a cult classic and hailed for its groundbreaking visual effects and unique premise. Given the honored place the original Tron held within the pop culture landscape, anticipation was high when Disney first began work on a sequel as far back as 2005. Yet when Tron Legacy finally made its debut 28 years after the first movie's release, reactions were mixed despite the sequel's ability to generate a healthy box office profit. I thought it sucked. It was terrible. Well, yeah, the, the, the it drew too much upon what was already done in the Matrix. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the and the de aging technology just wasn't quite there yet. Wasn't that the first time it was used? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll yeah, Jeff with the, with, the, with mm-hmm. the young Jeff Bridges. Yeah, it was a little too uncanny valley. Still, I and just thought that, that they the should have whole expanded the universe just, instead yeah. of going to where they went. Like, yeah, because yeah. it was especially just a 28 story. years later, we did not need to revisit the same characters, you know. Yep, mm-hmm. everybody knew what was going yeah. on with Tron, so mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, yeah, but at least Bruce Box Lightner got more work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah about time. Uh, where was I? 
Okay, Tron 3 is currently in production, and there are several reasons why the latest entry is likely to be the most exciting in the in, in the entries in, in the entire series. Nonetheless, at the time, there was uh, still enough interest to justify Disney's initial investment in Tron Legacy director Joseph Kosinski's vision for a third m- movie. Originally slated to be called Tron Ascension, described as an invasion movie that would have seen characters from the grid cross over into real life. Oh, I hope they don't do that. <laughs> it would have also seen the return of Olivia Wilde and Garrett Hudlins at, to their respective characters. Uh, I hope they don't do that. Yet those plans would later be thrown into disarray when Disney opted not to move forward with the project. Thank you, Disney, for making a right decision uh, before filming was set to begin in 2015. At this stage, there was no indication whether previous Tron star legacy stars Garrett Hudland or and Olivia Wilde will return for Tron Ares. While little is known about the plans for the current iteration of Tron 3, it prob- probably comes as a relief to many that worked on the prequel and the threequel is finally underway after so many setbacks. Currently slated for a December 2025 release, the release of Tron Ares will mark an expanse of 43 years since the first movie wowed audiences and introduced the world of the digital realm of the grid. With any luck, Ronin and Leto will be able to deliver a movie worthy of the franchise's enduring legacy. Well, as long as he doesn't laugh like the Penguin, we should be okay. <clears throat> you mean the Joker? Well, yeah, but his Joker laughed like the Penguin. His Joker laughed like he had something <laughs> caught in his throat. <laughs> <laughs> Did, did you see at the Golden Globes that uh, n- nobody would sit at the table with him? Really? Th- th- there's all these shots of him just like sitting by himself. Because yeah. mm. apparently he's just like super cringy in real life. Like, yeah, he's like creepy. He, 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 even like Hollywood yeah. people. Like, yeah, he's like a cult leader. Yeah, no, because like, like I like there's stories of him like because he's he's a method actor, mm-hmm. and so he, when he gets into his little method thing, he starts acting like that character and treating the other cast members like that way. And yeah, it's like yeah, it's. There's some stories out there that it's he's not a very nice person. <laughs> yeah, and he's also got some interesting things going on in his uh, relationships. Yeah, uh, yeah and he owns weird, an weird, cringy that, things. You know, allow, he owns an island that's you know not at all like Epstein Island. No, no not, not at all. At all. <laughs> and there, there are some Epstein-like uh, accusations against him as well. Whoa, okay. Isn't he in a band? Yep, thirty seconds, 30 seconds to Mars. Mars. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All yeah, right. It's not an actual measurement of distance. So to tie in with Love Notes, a short film competition Love that starts. <laughs> Can you make a short film in two weeks? <laughs> Celebrate Love in its most timeless from the enchanting limited edition Mickey and Minnie Mouse doll set from Disney. Aww. This limited edition doll set will be limited to only 3,610 pieces. And is in honor of Valentine's Day, or Love Notes, short film competition. Uh, Dressed in charming (laughs) Disney Park's Main Street, USA-inspired attire, Mickey and Minnie are falling in love once again. Wearing lush satin fabrics and a sweet sweet candy box accessory, meticulously crafted by Disney artists who capture the essence of the beloved characters as they appear at the Disney Parks. This two-piece set is a testament to the enduring magic of Mickey and Minnie's love story. They are both packed with care in a nicely crafted box with artwork and an adorable an adorable certificate of author of, of verification. 
Oh, it's not authentic authentication anymore. It's verification. Okay. Hmm. Whether you need the ultimate Valentine's Day gift for your loved one or just need an adorable Disney doll set, look no further. Mickey and Minnie are ready to melt your heart for. You want to take a stab? Uh, no. <laughs> Two fifty. Lyric. Oh, I, I was thinking fifty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Cheapskate. Uh, no, uh, one hundred ninety nine ninety nine. So you're within fifty bucks. Wow. Right? Yeah. That's not bad. And can be purchased right now at Shop Disney. So yeah, yeah. I just figured they, Disney. They, they're they're just milking those Disney you. adults for everything they're they got. Oh huh? yeah, <laughs> like a prize winning cow. Yeah. <laughs> Eric says two hundred. You close, Eric? And you actually, well, actually yeah, yeah, Eric. You're only off by a penny. Um, suit up once again with one of Batman's most powerful bat suits as the Hellcat armor is back from McFarlane Toys. The Hellbat armor was one of the first figures to arrive in the DC Multiverse line, and it is now getting a new pink job. The Batman Nightmare Edition is said to be inspired by the hit video game in Injustice 2 and will feature new gold and black deco. It will be getting a limited run release at only 8,100 pieces. And just... Uh, that's limited. Yeah, that's real limited. <laughs> and just uh, and just other limited gold label figures. It will have windowless packaging. Besides the new gold and black deco, Batman will have a themed display stand, an art card, and an art card holder. If you missed mm. the... Uh, if you missed the original release, then this might be what dedicated fans might want to get their hands on. Pre-orders are already live for twenty nine ninety nine each. With a March 2024 release, so get yours before they vanish. I want to see. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I pulled up a picture of it and showed Spencer. Yeah. It, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's uh, a picture I saw. Yeah, the funny mm-hmm. thing is, I never read the storyline that, that the that the 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 Hellbat armor actually appeared in. I I saw it in a, when it was used. When Lois Lane actually used the armor in the in the, the Fortress of Solitude in the Superman comic, oh, <laughs> something I never read. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I haven't gotten to that storyline yet. <laughs> Me oh, I loved it. The, the Rebirth storyline. So many weird things happened. It was awesome. Oh, I, I I'm chewing my way through uh, Blackest Night and uh, Brightest Day right now. Oh, and, right. oh uh, yeah, you, you, you. I, I I finally got access to every single story in the uh, in the arc. So yeah. oh, you're, gonna, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy Superman after New Fifty Two. All right, excellent. <laughs> so a new Marvel Legends 50th anniversary Wolverine two-pack has just gone up for pre-order from Hasbro, and this one is a doozy. Mandapore awaits as Patch and Joe Fixit are back together once again for an epic team-up coming to life right from Marvel Comics Wolverine number 8, released in 1989. This dynamic duo is nicely sculpted and displayed in their white suits. Of course, this is a Wolverine anniversary set. So, Patch will come with two different head sculpts, standard and smirking. He will also get two pairs of hands with extended claws and closed fists. The Hulk, on the other hand, takes that that slick, gray Joe Fixit personality and gives him two pairs of hands and two portraits. It is uh, pretty sweet to see these two together again, once again, and this is a great way to celebrate a 50th anniversary. Windowed Pocket Packaging does return for this set, and Hasbro has started stated that the artwork on the back will, be, will become a Marvel Comics variant in the future. Hmm. Hmm. Pre-order for the Marvel Legends 2-pack are live 
for $59.99 with an April 2024 release. A big thank you to our guest, the co-founder and president of Silver State Storytellers, Lyricburg. Thank you so much for having me, Jimmy. Well, it's always it. a pleasure. <laughs> with all guests on the Pop Culture Boom radio show, Pop Culture Boom does follow and or like them on the Facebook, depending on what options are available. So as they post news about their career and projects, it is reposted to the Pop Culture Boom news feed. So at the very least, like and follow Pop Culture Boom on Facebook to keep up with all of the Pop Culture Boom radio show's guests. Next week, the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show will not only have for you the latest news information and releases from the seven pillars of pop culture entertainment, we'll be talking with creator and artist Floydman Sumner. We'll not only be talking with Floydman Sumner about his artistic style that has been utilized by Monster Wax, Nike, Garbage Pail Kids, Trading Cards, and so many more, but also be talking with Floydman Sumner's art about his art studio, Planet F Studios, and after an 18-year hiatus, Floyd Minsoner has launched his very own comic book, Floyd Min's Swell Comics. We'll be talking with Floyd Minsoner about the launch of the new comic <clears throat> with us, Swell Comics number one, how you can be a part of the groundbreaking first issue. We'll also uncover for you what is what is the super secret Swell Squadron. Hmm. I'm, I'm curious. Me too. Thank you all for tuning in tonight, and please continue supporting Pop Culture Boom by listening to the Pop Culture Boom radio show live every Sunday night. And if you miss any part of the live show, check out the Pop Culture Boom podcast produced by 997 and Now Productions on your favorite podcast platform. And not only get this episode, but previous episodes and some bonus material as well. Uh, so give the like and a follow to the Pop Culture Boom on Facebook for everything you want, everything you need from Pop Culture Entertainment Daily. And subscribe to the Pop Culture Boom YouTube channel for video interviews from events we have and will be attending. On behalf of Quizmaster Scott from Sporkle Pub Quiz, Tony Sanfilippo of Filippo's Horrible Reviews, our guest co-founder and president of Silver State Storytellers, Lyric Burt, KNBC, Spencer, Rob, and I. Thank you for your continued support and for tuning in tonight. We will talk with you again right here live next Sunday, 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time, 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern Time, anytime during the week on Facebook and via email. So until next Sunday... Be safe, stay healthy, and peace out, rabbits. <laughs>